0: On today's show, we are getting to know Rod. But first, a word from today's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and to start feeling better because you, dear listeners, deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and getting to know you pod listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com/getting the number 2 no the letter u it's just like the pod's name that's better h slash l p.com/getting to know you the links in the description andre psyche.com is gone But Andre Psyche, the man on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, is alive and thriving. You're going to want to follow and message Andre. Why? Because he is the freelance creator extraordinaire. Someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. It's Andre Psyche the next time you're looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Listeners, listen up. Get 25% off your order at ShadyRays.com by using the promo code GETTING. Use GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G, when checking out to get 25% off on the best sunglasses around. You see, ShadyRays takes extreme pride in their multi-layered lens technology, which is made for high visibility and strength to be shatter-resistant. And with free shipping and a lifetime lost or broken protection warranty, why would you choose any other brand? Go get you a pair, or fuck it too, by going to ShadyRays.com, perusing their polarized sunglasses, and then using the promo code GETTING when you check out to save 25% of your total. Support the Getting to Know You Pods creative endeavors for as little as $2 a month on our Patreon. Your money will go towards the cost of producing, distributing, and improving the quality of this podcast. Again, you can go to our Patreon, links in the description, and for as little as $2 a month, you, yes you, can have a part in supporting the Getting to Know You pod's mission of getting to know all sorts of new and interesting people. Two bucks a little too much? Well, here are three free ways to help. I don't know why i find that so clever <laughs> push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the pod on friend or follow the getting to know you pod on twitter instagram facebook go to apple write a review those dear listeners will cost you nothing but your time and will mean so much to the pod's growth. and now getting to know you
1: hello getting
0: to know you getting to know
1: i'm gonna do a terrific show today
0: getting to like you getting to hope you like me
2: because i'm good enough
0: getting to know you putting it my way but nicely
1: i'm smart enough
0: you are precisely and doggone it my cup of tea
1: rod who um ancestors enjoyed throwing extra letters in his name apparently from what i found out uh thank you for coming on letting people get to know you i really appreciate
2: it rod no my pleasure no thank you for having me
1: Uh, i'm kind of curious every once in a while i'll ask people when they get these random messages from me um Mm. their reactions did you think this was some sort of identity theft thing steal you
2: no no i don't think so um i think because i saw you had followed me on uh like Twitter and Instagram. So I was like, Oh, okay. It's not just sort of a random gotcha. thing. And then I looked into it and, uh, yeah, no, don't worry. I didn't think you were about to like steal all my money.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess <laughs> I asked to try to like figure out the best way to it. Sometimes I feel weird being like, look at me, look at me, look at me by like yeah, yeah, following yeah. people on you want to like pressure stock. Yeah. But at the same time, I try to like, what's best practice to validate that you're not a creeper since you don't know anybody that you're, approaching you know it's not like yeah, you're going yeah, through yeah. an agent or some middleman to get yeah changed. yeah
2: it must be yeah because I was wondering that uh it must be because no I mean no one likes sort of plugging their their own thing anyway yeah. but um I think it must be strange because the whole premise of, of your r- idea which I think by the way is really cool uh is that it needs to be a stranger so it must just add another layer of difficulty for you but yeah no I think it's really cool
1: yeah, it, especially because I didn't get on social media until I started the podcast. I was very anti-social yeah. media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like just figuring out um, – I think it was like four guests in. They were like, yeah, man, when you send these messages, you realize if you're not followed or following, it goes to like this separate box on Instagram and no one well, can yeah. see it. And I'm like, wait, there's a separate box? You know, like stuff <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that man. where you just feel I'm old and stupid.
2: Yeah. Don't worry. I'm like terrible with technology and social media. My, I mean, I didn't have Instagram until I don't know a couple of years ago now, but I only got it because my girlfriend basically forced me to, um, yeah, I'm not a technology buff. So never apologize. Don't worry. What, um, why did she make you want to get Instagram? Well, I don't know. I just, I never really, I didn't want it because I, I don't really take that many photos anyway, but well, I didn't then. Um, and it was kind of before we were together, Uh, we were sort of just hanging out and then she'd be like, oh, I've taken this video of us. Can I, what's your Instagram? Can I, can I tag you in this? And i was like, oh, I I don't really have it. She's like, but how's anyone going to know that we're hanging out? And I was like, (laughs) maybe we'll just tell them if we see them. And she was like, but I don't see everyone. I need to put it on social media. So yeah, it just stemmed from that. I was, I was a sheep. I followed the crowd.
1: Yeah, you didn't. So you really weren't, um, I guess your mindset isn't one of like, but publicity, I don't want to be like insulting or advertise. Like I always looked at it as like advertising publicity because I'm, yeah. I guess maybe similar to you. If I want someone to know what's going on, I I just text them a picture yeah, yeah, yeah. to include them in what's going on. I don't yeah, just yeah, yeah. post, but now I feel like you podcast wise, at least for me, you have to like try to post to be normal. This way people yeah. don't see you as just a bot. But yeah. why do you think you weren't like, why is that not a part of you? Is that I don't you know, I,
2: I guess I've kind of come around to it a little bit more because um, obviously I, I'm trying to make it, as an actor, make it in quotes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I've realised now, especially as time goes on, it's more and more important to have a kind of presence online even if you, you don't really like it but I think you can definitely I try and tread the, the line of being involved with it but not getting too caught up with it um, if ever I find myself just kind of scrolling or like closing the app and then going straight back on it I'm like no no, no. and I try and kind of um, snap out of it sort of thing
1: so you get uh, you're aware or at least maybe even a little fearful of the social media addiction.
2: Yeah, I think so. I I think you just hear, like, the way people talk about it, like, uh, I don't know, the the other day someone was like, um, I heard someone say to a friend, oh, you're you're not on social media, well done, like, good for you. And I think if people talk about it in that way, it kind of, it has these kind of negative connotations that a lot of people are aware of anyway. Um, I think it can be really fun and I, I do get enjoyment out of it and I like sharing what I'm doing and it's kind of nice having a, a place that you can go on to and go back through all of your memories and things like that. It so is, there's definitely a lot of positives. To me. It but is yeah, a I'm cool just little time capsule.
1: <clears throat> I, I yeah, feel, exactly. Yeah. You know, I feel like maybe it doesn't get enough publicity or whoever thought of that, like memories this day, blank years mm. ago. Like that is kind of cool that it's a virtual scrapbook.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I, but I, I, it, it, there's this huge anti-social media movement. And so I have a daughter, she's 11 and mm-hmm. you know, she wants to be on that or with it. And I'm like, it's, I, I want to fight it. Right. But then I'm like, yeah. did people fight television? Did people fight radio? Yeah. Right. Did people fight books at some point? Like, mm. haven't we just as people always kind of look for that? Did people fight plays? going to the yeah, theater yeah, yeah. like it's a waste of time your your farm your crops are going to go to shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like you're going to die and i just wonder if it's old or if it actually
2: is as bad as we make it out to be yeah i'm not sure that's a good point i think it's i think it's good to be i mean like anything it's good to have a balance like it's yeah. good to be cautious and fearful and i think no one likes to change but uh Equally, it's important to keep up with with the times, so, and you know, for your podcast, and if I know if you own a business, like you kind of do have to keep up, um, even if you're a bit worried that the modern version of your crops dying. Sort of yeah, say. the modern <laughs> I
1: mean, they do they they do make it. Social media is made to keep you on it. It's that's why I was interested when you were like,
2: click it off and then immediately click back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Where did that example come from?
2: I don't know. I feel like every now and then I'll just notice um, I may be bored. I've just been watching TV or something or I'm on my break at work. And then um, I'll go on Instagram, quickly check. And I'm like, oh, nothing. Oh, they're doing that. Cool. They'll come off it and then I'll sort of go for a bit and then just subconsciously I just go straight back onto it and I'm like, no, no, like what am I doing? I've literally just, I'm all up to date. I'm up to date. Let's, let's go. Yeah, I haven't
1: missed anything. Right. The photo yeah, yeah, I yeah. haven't missed. That's, that's where I start getting self-conscious. i tried to get a little more disciplined in my life, like waiting um in the grocery store line. Mm. I'm like, dude, it's okay that you have to wait a minute and a half and you just look yeah. around and you're just on your own thoughts and you're thinking about shit versus give me some stimuli. I'm not yeah. actively moving. I don't have to, look into the four foreground and pick a destination. Like I'm not jogging, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I've come to a standstill and I'm, uh, I've called myself a couple times, like at red lights, hmm. you know, you're like, let me just, Oh, I've been driving for a while. Let me check Twitter or something. See if anything's popping off on the, um, yeah, yeah, trending. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why dude, why? What's the difference between now and like 30 minutes, 20 minutes from now, 10 minutes from now when you get home, like it, yeah. that's where I start getting a little nervous about that, that thumb addiction. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I don't know, man, like coddled, coddled is not the right word, but I'm like, it's muscle. It's almost like muscle memory, like Mm -hmm. your body's craving it if that's what's going on. And that to me is when I get a little scared.
2: Yeah. No, and I think that's, you know, linked kind of to why I thought that, you know, when I listened to the the first couple episodes of your podcast, I kind of liked that idea of just trying to encourage people to be a bit more connected to what's going on and, and actually what's happening right now and other people, like if you're in the queue, like you say uh, at, at the supermarket or grocery store uh, and you've got this feeling of like wanting to get your phone out, why not just kind of listen in, see what people are talking about? I know, you know, you don't want to like... Eavesdrop. Eavesdrop, eavesdrop, like, eavesdrop and judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But just, you know, kind of be a bit more aware of what's actually happening now rather yeah. than what's happening around the world on...
1: Yeah. Or like even just smile to the person behind you, you know, or in front of you, like something else that's weird. And um, this doesn't have to be like a whole podcast about just weird shit that I notice or that you notice, But like (laughs) when people are checking out and it doesn't go like quick, 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 they'll like Mm. turn to you and like almost like apologize for them Mm -hmm. taking long. Like I feel like people feel pressure when they're uh, making others wait sometimes. And in my mind, I'm like, is that connected to social media? Or because I'm not on my phone, do they feel like I'm impatient? And then they're looking yeah, yeah, at yeah. me with this sad, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, like ever, I don't know. It's a line. Like, it's just what happens. It's, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not your fault that I'm having to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if social media somehow is connected to that or if people have just missed out on like the older person, no agenda. I'm just shopping. I'm just hanging out. Let's chat since we're all having to wait kind of thing. Yeah, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it, – um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a super scientist. I've only watched one social media documentary. and it, Me um, too. It, it might
2: have been the same one as well.
1: Okay, yeah. What was – the Netflix one where yeah, the yeah, girl, the dad and the girl – what was that? Social media dilemma? Social dilemma?
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, dude. That thing scared the hell out of me. That's – I oh, think – Oh, man, yeah. That was my tipping point where I was like, it can't be good.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, That was for me when I was like, I think I had already, you know, I I definitely wasn't on social media as much as I know some people can be, but I watched that and I was like, okay, I just, I don't need, I don't want to like quit cold turkey. I just want to keep an eye on it and make sure it's not, uh, dictating my, my life and my decision.
1: Yeah. Do you have to, have you gotten to the point or have anybody in your life has the point where they actually have to do like the timer? On their phone, where they set like, "Hey, been on Instagram for thirty minutes now.
2: Get the fuck off." Mm. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't know anyone who's done that. I know. I mean, my my girlfriend has been like, "I don't want to be on my phone for now," so she'll leave it in the other room, and she's like, "Let's just watch TV." I'm gonna leave it in the bedroom, and that's it. Um, and I'm like, "Well, why don't you just have it here in in case you need it, but just don't touch it." But I think <laughs> some people maybe maybe like her just have this. They need to physically distance from it, just so it's not around, just it's not there. So you don't have this, like you say, like the thumb addiction, the muscle memory kick in and, yeah. and get you on it.
1: It's strange, man, because I can't yeah. really think of much else in life. Maybe like, yeah, well, I almost want to say like a baby, but even when you put a baby away, you're still thinking about. It. So maybe a cell phone's like a baby. Like I don't know what else has to be removed from your vision to mm-hmm. not crave it. To, to not yeah, yeah. want to do. Because I think that is true even for kids. You know, they're like, dude, get your kid an alarm clock. Don't let them use their cell phone as their alarm clock. Because yeah. if they see it, they're on it.
2: Mm-hmm. And then then it's the first thing you, you touch when you wake up. It's the first thing right there. You turn the alarm off and then it's in your hand. And then you've gotten the, the domino effect kicks in.
1: Yeah, you see a, a, a number on a little square and you're like, oh, message. Or you see a yeah, yeah. ding and then you're like... 25 minutes later, like, why didn't you get out of bed? Mm-hmm. You're like, I was yeah, getting 100%. dressed. And you're like, no, you weren't getting dressed. You were, you're you still not dressed. <laughs> does it does take 25 <laughs> minutes to get dressed. Like, these are the little <laughs> things I noticed in my own kid. And I'm like, man, it's, um you could understand how uh, people fall behind. People just mm. uh, miss out on, like, 45 minutes of their day. And then they complain or they talk about not having enough time. I don't have yeah. time to get this done. I don't have time to get this done.
2: Yeah, yeah, like ultra-efficient. Yeah. it's hard because i i know all of these things and i'm i'm careful of them but then l- like i say i'm sort of trying to get the ball rolling with my acting again but i have noticed some job specs or or maybe in the uh, audition they will actually ask about how many followers you have on on Instagram or something, uh, which I find I, I I get it and I understand because you know if someone's got uh I don't know, thirty thousand followers again and they're just as good as someone who's got three hundred, then it's kind of free marketing for them because they know that person's gonna be like, Oh look at this that I'm doing check this out. You. Um but yeah, so it's, it's a tricky one, but um yeah, I think it can be fun, but just, just kind of keep an eye on it.
1: So um and it's funny that you say get back into acting. So one of the reasons um, I messaged and followed you, um, mm-hmm. I started re-watching Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. And yeah, and I, it's it's funny. It's almost like reading a book that you read in high school, but now you're like an adult. Animal yeah. Farm did that to me. Catcher in the Rye did that mm-hmm. to me. Um, Lord of the Flies did that to me where you're like, I thought I was cool because I could just name the title, but now I'm picking up on these little like nuances, stereotype characters yeah, that are yeah, really yeah. neat. Yeah, um, you were the butcher boy in that's right game yeah, of thrones yeah. and like you had two minutes of yeah acting time in there but dude like that to me was like the pivotal that was the fuck joffrey moment for me right yeah
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. where it just like
1: the you start seeing the drama come in and yeah. was that like the last because that had to be what it was like fifteen years, ten years ago. So yeah, you know?
2: got, yeah, I think it was about ten. I was almost yes, yeah, over ten years now. Which, that's crazy to me that that time's gone. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's quite funny actually that you say that because, as you say, it was really for me. I didn't know. I knew. I'd heard that Game of Thrones was the books were really big, especially in America in the states, and um, but I didn't really know anything about it. So they were like, "Oh, you're doing it's." It was quite a big casting director. And it was HBO, and I was like, "Oh well, then that's that's a good job, right?" Even though, like, I only had like three lines. Like, I was like, "Oh, it's just a small part. Cool. Yeah, that's really amazing. Awesome." Uh, And it was a really, really fun experience. But then, because I kind of, you know, I guess I'm sort of trying to, I try and be humble about it as I was growing up in school and things, but. For me, it really was just well. I only had like three lines in it. I wasn't a main part, but so many people say similar thing that that was kind of a big plot point. Then to you know, it started sort of Arya's amazing journey, um, um, and yeah, and Joffrey. Like you really start to see the evil in him. Um, yeah. So it. <laughs> what was quite funny actually, um, whilst well, so I remember is after that episode aired, I was really happy, you know. And um, then online, I noticed George R.R. R. Martin, who, you know, wrote the books, um, he blogged because everyone on, on Twitter was uh, really, really upset that, about the dog, about the yeah. wolf, the And he was like, you know, no one's really talking about this human over here that, that got butchered up as well. <laughs> <laughs> um and that, that was quite an interesting thing, but I mean, I, to be honest, I would choose the dog over myself any day. So I don't blame the general public. Um, but yeah, that like you like to say it was about ten years ago. Um, I had a few little bits after that uh, over the next sort of two two years. I did um, a TV show. I don't know if you'd heard of it because it's very much like a net. English sort of thing it's called casualty. it's like a doctor's soap sort of thing
0: okay.
2: um, so I had a small part in that and then a very very small part in a little film and then I went to a drama school, which there's a few drama schools in London and if you're an actor and you want to get better, that's apparently where you should go um, and there's a bit of an argument about whether it's worth it or not, but I really enjoyed it. And, and everything but what I did find was then that's like a three-year course oh, and then wow. I kind of stopped all of my momentum then that I was starting to get with jobs and you come out of drama school and you kind of have to start it up again and I've just struggled with that a bit uh, uh, well, that over makes... the last years. So, yeah.
1: yeah that is a conundrum right because if you are getting a little bit if you are getting some roles but then you're like hey I want to get better and you take the time off to get better you then I guess by default, really, your is not as open to get roles.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, and even the schools say you can't do any work whilst you're here. You have to just learn and, and finish the course. Really? Uh, if you get, like, towards the end, like, during third year, they might be inclined if you get a really good agent early and they're, and they're like, oh, we've got you an amazing job. Like, you have to do it. And they might be like, okay, we'll give you an early um, degree. That's fine. You can leave. But, uh, yeah, up until that point, they're like, nope, nothing. That's
1: interesting, because they just want you focused on the craft? They get worried about people leaving?
2: Yeah, I guess so. I think it's really kind of, well, my experience anyway, is really steeped in tradition. It's very, like, traditional school and training, and maybe it needs to be updated a little bit nowadays. But, um, yeah, it was very much, you know, having to go into some classes and you have no idea why you're rolling around on the floor making noises like a seal but you're having to do that and <laughs> you just you realize you've paid nine thousand pound a year to do that but you just roll the punches and see what happens but just, um, st- yeah
1: stretch your inner animal <laughs> yeah exactly yeah literally
2: it. that's it animal studies still win <laughs> <laughs> it's fun were you,
1: were you able did your parents let you watch the whole episode of game of thrones that you were in did it let you watch like before and at previous episodes and episodes later or
2: yeah yeah they, they did and they, they did actually i think for at least season one they watched it with me which is a very strange experience yeah. um as i'm sure you know from from watching it uh some of it's a bit risque
1: so i teach um middle i'm a reading specialist at a middle school So one of the things we do is kids get free choice of reading. They get to pick books where they read. And this is actually why I started watching Game of Thrones. There's a 12 year old that was reading the book Mm. and like, you have to have conversations about the book, you know, and like, Hey, what do you notice? What about these characters? Give me some details that support it. Mm -hmm. And she had read maybe 50 pages in and I'm, I'm just thinking I'm so grateful that summer ended before she got to like the incense scene with Cersei yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jamie I'm like praying <laughs> that she doesn't read too quickly, so that yeah. like it's that awkwardness of being with an adult as a child, being exposed to these risque things. Yeah, I, I but I couldn't imagine like sitting next to parents as a young kid watching some of the, the <laughs> like the, the the prostitute scenes, the brothel scenes. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, like yeah. just being like, is it okay if I look at the TV like, or my
2: parents? <laughs> yeah. I I think I just. I almost did the opposite and I looked at nothing but the TV, but not for the reasons people might think, just because <laughs> I didn't dare make eye contact with anyone in my family right. <laughs> during yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, it was kind of a weird one because I didn't really, you know, my friends and, and, and people knew that I was doing it, but I didn't really want to be like, oh, hey, you should check it out because, you know, some of the families of people I knew had like quite young kids, and I was like, I've definitely done it you know, bombard them encourage them to watch something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I ended up being a huge fan of the show. I watched, watched every episode. Um, yeah, really thought it was amazing.
1: Did you ever try to like email or call someone to be like, Hey man, it's seven years later. I look nothing like I did back then. Can you sneak me no. back on?
2: Oh, <laughs> I would have lost that dude. Oh man, that would have been so good. Um, no, I, 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 I never did. Um, that would have been awesome. A lot of my friends kind of joked around saying, Oh, when are you gonna tell us that actually the butcher's boy comes back as a white warrior? White warrior. Walk- yeah, that
1: would have been perfect, right?
2: <laughs> leads the army and, and I was like, Oh well, you know, you'll have to just wait and see. But obviously nothing like that happened. But uh it would have been it would have been cool. It was weird. Um yeah, there was the only thing that happened like that was some guy from I wanna say Huff, is it huff post huffington huffington post? post yeah something like that um he was like randomly messaged me and was like you look like completely different from that do you want to just chat about stuff and it i was just like asking about game of thrones i think it was just before the final season so he was probably uh, just like, right. trying to do a bit of the last sort of thing
1: yeah and i mean but, you do if um anybody it's if you put like a side-by-side picture and on your instagram i some of the things that you post are like hella crossfit fitness stuff. Um Oh yeah. So like Thanks. Butcher boy was a little more portly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely rounder around the edges.
1: Right? Yeah, man. I mean, you've um you you've you just much more lean and fit now. So that that's why Thank I was you, thinking like, you know, coming back 5 years later, you're like the shredded white walker with a six-pack <laughs> and you're yes. just out to destroy King's Landing because they took you, you know.
2: Oh uh, yeah. That, I mean, maybe one day I can try and make some sort of uh canon thing that ma- leads to
1: that. Be my own spinoff series.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, we'll see, t- see what happens. I'll pitch it. I'll pitch it
1: somewhere. <laughs> It'll be great for TikTok. Um, was it, <laughs> yeah. was that your first acting job or did you have to have like a resume to actually get that kind of role?
2: Um, it was, it was definitely, and probably still is the, the biggest Job I've had. Um, I had only before that done some like commercials and adverts and things, um, and a little bit of stage stuff. Um, but yeah, it was definitely my first big role. And and also, what's quite interesting is um, just maybe this isn't interesting to people who you know don't know much about the industry or whatever but uh the, the actual casting director for game of thrones is probably one of if not the biggest in, in london anyway um and they are like definitely who you want to see now like i would love to get in a room with them again um but so i actually looking back now at uh, knowing how difficult it can be to get seen by them uh it is strange though, because I, I didn't have much on my CV before that that I I did manage to get in the room with that. Um, maybe my picture came across the desk and they're like, "That is exactly the chubby ginger boy that we need. Let's get him." Um, but You're yeah, the it is perfect big, victim. You,
1: you, yeah, exactly. As yeah. a child, you just grew up as the perfect victim. <laughs>
2: exactly, hundred percent. Like little bit porky. He's got the red hair, pasty skin. Let's get
1: him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I think that is interesting, man. I think anytime you can get insight, and again, that's part of what I like about the podcast and just talking to a, such a variety of random people. Like I, I've had hypnotists on, green berets on, like little insights into industries that get you to another level of conversation. So someone could like, for someone would be like, oh yeah, it's really hard to get a job in acting, and I think almost. I think most people would feel comfortable saying that, but mm-hmm. then no one could go like to that second mm-hmm. level of like, well, why, why does yeah, it yeah, get yeah. harder? Who are the power? Well, it's hard because there's only three people who like make all the decisions and you got to mm-hmm. get the attention of these three people when thousands of people are trying to get their attention. Or you go yeah, into yeah. a room and it is just like whatever um, the voice or American idol where you, you get 10 seconds to be you and they either say yeah. yes or no. So I think those kind of insights, man, are, um, are more than welcomed. Like I, I think oh, that course. is interesting. I have no I, so that that casting director is still like prominent,
2: huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, they. I mean, it, they've obviously now got a whole group of casting directors that work under that name, um, and any one of them are fantastic, and and they clearly do an amazing job because the the things that they get hired for, whenever I watch them, it's always like really top top quality casting and, and the people are like exactly right for that role. Um so yeah, they they're just really good at and to be honest, you could say that about a lot of casting directors in well, across the world, but in London um just from my experience, the the level of detail that they put in and they do put in so much work and i think that's why it's easy to sit back and say oh it's so hard because there's so many people doing it or trying to to achieve that but these poor people are sat in a room day after day uh or or going to videos so many like thousands so it is I, i respect them a lot i'll say that um yeah
1: yeah i it's something that i don't Think about often, I just get to enjoy cinema, movie, the entertainment, but Mm. like the time that goes into even just shooting your three lines or the time that it takes to get you to a spot and not just you, but like any actor, the investment that goes into that for an hour and a half Marvel movie, right? Or for a 50 minute episode of Game of Thrones or whatever. It's just so, my mind gets blown because it's so disproportional. From the people mm-hmm. I've spoken to, it's hours on hours on hours of set, prep, selection, and then you're like, cool, that was a 35-second car scene. We're good. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and also, like, then the, the flip side where, you know, to my shame, sometimes I'll watch, be watching something on TV and I'll, maybe I'll just sort of be flicking through my phone or, like, just chatting to someone. Um, Which is, you know, it's nice, but then all that effort and all the hours that those people put in uh, and then i have just let it fly by.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't appreciate even someone had to think about like where shadows are going to appear yeah, and how lighting affects it. And you're like, wow, that's actually somebody's job. Yeah. When you Mm -hmm. look at the credits, one of my daughter's friends loves staying to a movie for all the credits for some reason. Yeah. And it it, it's overwhelming, man, how many people (laughs) have a part in making something that. And sometimes only, like, 10, 15 people in total are on the screen that get viewed, but there's hundreds of people that put in the effort to uh, make it happen.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, we, we actually went uh, to the cinema yesterday. For, like, we've been to the cinema twice in a week because it's, like, the first time we've been able to go to cinema for ages because of everything that's going on. But, uh, yeah, we watched Black Widow. Um, okay. The new Marvel film. And we stayed for the credits because Marvel always put, like, their little... You know, teaser there right at the end. Yeah. Um, and again, we we sat there and we thought, Christ, like there are so many people involved, and and then it will do like a huge chunk of people, and there's all these different job names, yeah. and then it will go, oh, and now this is the team that did that in Budapest, and then it's exactly the same, right. the same, and then it will be uh, Atlanta or whatever, and it just goes on and on. It's crazy, but again, like just huge respect because. I think the quality of, well, Marvel films, they're doing everything right now, but of like stuff on Netflix, uh, Prime, like what Disney are putting out. Dude, it's it's got to be, man. The competition for views is
1: so, there's just such a selection. Even talking um, with different people when they get lost on Netflix now, because they're like, it's all this stuff and I don't know what to watch. It's like the (laughs) whole just scrolling through your channels on cable syndrome. Mm-hmm. And they need to make it so exceptional that mm-hmm. it grabs the attention, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they don't sure. get the streams, they don't get the subscribers. They, they, they don't hit their profits.
2: Yeah.
1: I um, actually work with a lady whose father, um, back in the 80s, his job, he was like the location <clears throat> director, scouting location.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool.
1: <clears throat> which sounded like such a cool. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, basically, he would never be home. And he flew all around the world. When people wanted to like film a movie somewhere, like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? She's like, well, like, he drove up and made sure the place for Jaws would be good. And you're like, Whoa. that's your, like, that's what a cool, sucks that yeah, you're never around yeah. for your family. But yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time, you're like, how fucking awesome is that? That like, you're no, that yeah. good, you can visualize stories. And he would get all the scripts beforehand and he would kind of like pre scout, not like tell mm-hmm. the director, but. I guess they would trust him and his opinion to be like, no, this will meet the criteria for this plot. Yeah. And like me, I'm from Southern I'm living in Southern Delaware and I get worried for my daughter about like her having limited job opportunities by what she sees. We're a resort town. So it's service industry. We've got medical and we've got teachers. So you Mm -hmm. build homes, (laughs) you open up a restaurant or you work in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, there's so many other cool ways and cool experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. out there, and that's, that's one so thing. Many,
2: like, little nuances,
1: hundred yeah. percent. Like a stage, someone's setting up a, a scene. Like if you're mm-hmm. into decorating, can you pursue that passion and figure out a way to make money making scenes in movies? Mm-hmm. Decorate. Someone gets paid to buy all that shit and put it up. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, but it's like, I-, I don't know if like people, at least in our little we're kind of a peninsula where we are a peninsula. So we almost get like a little Island mentality. Like mm-hmm. I, I worry that kids don't think that large because we're mm-hmm. so rural where go yeah. follow your dreams, man. Like you're an acting cool. Like, would you go to acting school and try to pursue, would you drive three hours up to New York and like learn mm-hmm. those skills and then have your eyes open to, okay, maybe if I can't make it as an actor, I could then still be involved in movies in 75 mm-hmm. different ways. Yeah, wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. You're into fashion. Great, man. Like go be a wardrobe person.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. What what does your your daughter want? Or, oh, I know it's a bit. She's a bit young. Did you say she's eleven? She's eleven. But like, do you know Do you know what she'd like to do now, or what she?
1: So, it, it's funny, man. Like I I feel, I feel personality wise, you you schedule kids' lives, but if you watch what they're into when they get to pick the time, I feel <laughs> like there's a big correlation, in just <laughs> in people. I I hope so. My biggest thing for her is like, if you find a way to make money. Where you're not worried so much about money and you enjoy it. Yeah. Like the goal should not be to be filthy rich. So, all Mm -hmm. that to say, when she has her own time right now, she loves building rooms out of cardboard. Like she won't let me throw. uh... Yeah. So, like, and she decorates them. She'll watch some DIY videos, but she has, Mm -hmm. it's kind of sweet and innocent. I'm going to be very sad when it dies. She has these like little (laughs) stuffed animal or beanie booze. Yeah. And she'll like just make different rooms. And when her friends come over, they have like, this college town where they build yeah. rooms to help tell the stories. And then they like act out basically like play with dolls. That's so cool. And I'm like, Oh, you're, you're about to go to middle school. Like yeah. you're going to be embarrassed at one point. You're going to be like, Hey, do you oh, want to no. come over? Am I upstairs? I have these really cool beanie boo rooms that I built. And like, they're going to be like, Oh, beanie boos. You know, yeah, like I'm some, waiting. Some
2: awful kid will yes. be like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Fucking dream crusher.
1: I'm going to hate that child oh, yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. But like, so I wonder if she's going to be into, interior design or decorating in some way Mm. which sounds can sound very like like not 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 vague it's it sounds like oh that's your job you decorate Mm. but at some time like style really does matter in our culture it's it is it's it's a first world job it can be
2: you know uh, um you can apply that to to so many different things that it can still be interesting for you no matter i guess what Way you go in.
1: Yeah. And I I think there's an art to it and there's an appreciation to people appreciating your style and your selection. Um, Mm -hmm. So she talks about that a lot. Uh, We'll see what happens, but um, it's something that I'll definitely point out to her when we go to different restaurants and even in movies, just to help her with that mindset of this is my passion. Mm -hmm. If you want to now hone your passion and develop your skills, here are applications to that passion. Mm-hmm. you know like my biggest fear would be like she she, she feels like she has to get like some rich hu- husband and she's a stay-at-home wife and right, her yeah, only yeah. point is to make the house look nice i'm like no you can there, there's so many avenues if you mm. want to do that that's cool <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's your dream <laughs> but there's so many ways to make it um with your passions
2: and i think what you said is is so true and and you know you you probably explained to her as well that it really isn't about. Unfortunately, the world we live in is about money, but it's not about earning a ton of it. I think that's exactly what I want. I think when when you say you want to be an actor, people maybe immediately go to, oh, you want to be like super famous, or you want to, you know, be at Hollywood or whatever. But really, I just want to be able to do the things that make me happy. And you know, if I with my girlfriend, if we have a family or whatever, I just support them in what they want to do but doing what I love and what makes me happy. If that can just get us through everything we want to do, then that's fine. It doesn't need to be a crazy amount of, of money. Um, and I think that exactly as you said, like people have this idea of success of like, Oh, I need to, I need to just earn a ton of money or, or have a crazy good job. But what's the point if you don't really enjoy it? Like-
1: yeah. Cause it's, well, it's, it's funny. It's very much like Game of Thrones where like the whole pursuit is to get the throne. And it's like, yeah. oh, you've lost your whole life pursuing this position of power, pursuing mm-hmm. this title and like, fuck man, 20 years gone. Like what happened mm-hmm. in those 20 years? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an, I think it's a nice realization for society. I know in America, it like the, there's a, is a big fight for like, stop being so fucking capitalistic. You don't have to, you being successful doesn't have to come at the expense of others. Maybe we can spread this wealth around a little bit. Maybe the people at top don't need as much as they have. And maybe we should be more compassionate about the people at the bottom and trying to give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um, I like it because I think me growing up, it was very, be the best, make the money, be a millionaire. You know, like I think that message was um, pretty pronounced and I, I don't, I don't think it's a healthy Mentality to have, I think mm-hmm. the grind. I think life should be enjoyed, not like on a treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know why do you like acting so much?
2: Um, I don't know. So, I think it, it, to be honest, it did start just as it was something I did as a kid. Um, I always liked. I was probably a bit of an attention seeker as a kid, um, <laughs> and so my my parents, you know, said if I wanted to go to this little performing arts school, so it just started there, and I. would I just did it every week and and really got into it um and I think I guess I didn't really start to this is a bit random actually but so I did a a like do you know like pantomime like it's kind of like a show once a year and it's very like popular in, in the UK and it's very like ham acting and silly stupid jokes and uh it's usually around christmas it'll be like cinderella or peter pan but it's slightly different and really over huh. the top
1: no but it sounds um, interesting
2: like i love that yeah, kind of stuff yeah yeah it's very uh <laughs> like traditional and um randomly i did one in, where i grew up and uh henry winkler the Fons oh, was yeah. Captain Hook in it oh. and
1: um, talk about a resurgence career yeah. like the Fonz oh, yeah, yeah. and then he like fell and like disappeared and then as him as like it's almost like him and Betty White as like yeah. older people are just so fucking hilarious yeah
2: yeah yeah and yeah and he. I, I keep seeing him pop up and like everything yeah. I'm like this is so cool he's doing so well yeah um, but yeah it was kind of I remember I was talking to him one day with my mum and he was like so so do you want to do this is this is what you want to do you want to do this for your job for your career and i was like oh i don't know i think it's quite hard like so many people want to do it and he was like well someone's got to do it like why can't it be you sort of thing and i was like oh okay and i you know i love doing it anyway i really i love being on stage and the buzz of being on set i i love it and i love being able to kind of as, as you say, just try and be more connected with other people. And I think if you can get a character given to you and you can really try and understand that person and and bring the words to life, like this writer has like spent hours and hours of their life putting it on a page. And if you can bring it to life to an audience and like give it to someone, there's no better feeling. Um, but I never really thought of it as a career move uh, it was very much like a hobby until really around that sort of time and and that conversation with with him was probably quite prominent in that of just giving me a bit of like having someone that you know has had success and and, yeah. and you know a really big big star say, you know anyone can do it so it, why not go for it sort of thing
1: that that see, that little story about Henry Winkler would be exactly what you would picture his personality being. Like, just not elitist, not snobby, just very encouraging and Mm -hmm. very, like, positive towards others. Because you would feel like an actor would be, like, wanting to be like, no, this is so difficult. I'm special because I'm here. I don't know if anyone could do it. Yeah, It's refreshing to hear that kind of mentality.
2: Oh, honestly, he... it, it I guess it just really spurred me on to to move in that direction but it just in general he was an absolute gent like you can like you say you can imagine he's big big name he comes to this town and he's doing a, a pantomime and there's just these kids all running around there's loads of kids in the show and you can imagine someone maybe being like oh I don't really want anything to do with that I just want to do my, come here do my job get paid see you later right but he would like come out of his dressing room and he do you have you seen um the film click that he's in
1: with is that adam sandler
2: yeah with the remote oh
1: yes that's actually one adam sandler movie that i need i might actually watch that tonight now because no i I just remember the commercial and i guess i'll get sidetracked but adam sandler is a very hot topic of my thoughts because i don't know if it is appropriate or inappropriate to show and enjoy with my 11 year old daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's right at the edge. All of his movies, most of his movies are right at the edge. And I feel like click is definitely at the wait till maybe end of middle school years. Let's get to be a teen for sure. Sorry. That was a long way to say, no, 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 absolutely. (laughs) No, I
2: I get that. Um, But yeah, basically there's this little uh, magic trick he does in that film uh, where he gets a coin out of his pocket and he, bites it in half and then it's and then all of a sudden boom it's back on the coin um and he just would come out of his dressing room and get all the kids around and he did that trick and he i was like why has he got this coin in his pocket i have no idea but it, it was re- he was just so nice with everyone and it was really like you say very refreshing to have that experience especially young when i was quite young to i think if if I had had a bad experience with a big name actor, it might have maybe put me off from uh that world and maybe would have had some sort of negative feelings towards it yeah but absolutely yeah, it amazing
1: i I think so i i mean I, I would assume if when kids have bad experiences, they're gonna associate because kids are so limited with their experiences if they meet one cop, that's how all cops are. If they have yep. one teacher, that's how all teachers are, right mm-hmm. so the acting thing would be the exact same, yeah. So you you were in a performing arts school as a youth, like that's a choice parents have to make. Cause I'm trying to understand like Delaware public school where you live, you can go to a school for free. There's some charter schools that have specific like points or or points of emphasis. They have a Mm -hmm. a charter or a mission. And then you have private schools that you can pay for basically our school system. And it sounded Mm -hmm. like you went to what we would call a charter school for
2: acting. Uh, well, it was it, it was separate from my uh, my I guess sort of charter school sort of thing. It was basically I'd go to uh, I'm trying to think what we call it here. I guess it would be state school. It just just like open for anyone, okay just a, a random school. Uh, I don't think we have to pay any money or anything. Um, and you know there you go and do all your normal subjects, you know English math science, languages. Uh, There was actually a pretty good performing arts set up there. They had like a theatre and some cool studios and you did do drama. But it was actually, I was very, very fortunate. Um, You know, we didn't come from a really wealthy background or anything, but my parents, my dad would work really hard and my mum as well to like earn an all right amount of money. And it was actually a separate performing arts school that I'd go to on a Saturday on the weekend and then they had like drama singing and dance classes um and I started off only doing drama but then gradually sort of did some of the others as well but um yeah and it was something they had to pay for uh every term or something um so yeah it, it was it was in addition to regular school but again I'm just very grateful and very fortunate to have been in a position that my parents could let me do that because obviously if if some kids uh that aren't as as fortunate in that way want to do something like that it might not be a possibility so yeah i'm very grateful to my parents for for that that chance
1: that's a neat little setup so and i don't know what it would relate to here like we have acting classes that kids can go to and take but i don't think there's a setup like that around here where on saturdays you could and it, it was a setup just like school you go there in the morning you stay basically all day and they have like yeah, this I, curriculum and it's well-rounded
2: yes if you it, it was it wasn't quite as um you know laid out like that but if you did all of the classes you, you'd be there from sort of like nine ten in the morning to i don't know between four and six at night. So it would be a full day sort of thing on a oh, Saturday. Okay. But if you only did drama, then it would be, I guess, more similar to just acting classes where you're just gotcha. going every Saturday, you're there for an hour and then you, you come then home. You um, so yeah, I think maybe it's sort of in between those two things. Gotcha.
1: And do you remember why you wanted to go to that? It seemed like most kids that I know are not trying to give up their Saturdays. They just want to see <laughs> <Yeah>. that.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, well, as you could probably imagine from my physique as a child, I was never really that good at sports, and a lot of my friends did, uh, what well, soccer, but football on the weekend, um, okay. and I, I didn't do any of that. So I, I do remember at times getting a bit of, uh, you know, shit talking from friends at school about doing you know acting and dance and as, soon, as
1: soon as you said the word dance acting like it's kind of like on the fence but it's it's almost like next level for young guys in their peer group to be like what are you doing Don? what are you doing you want to spend the night friday night and you're like sorry man i got dance class tomorrow yeah you know <laughs> like dudes the things that dudes don't say to each other
2: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and, and especially when i was a kid that was like uh uh, you know, now I think it's more accepted. It's like, oh, oh yeah. you, you can do whatever you want. But, like, then it was like, what What are you doing going to dance club?
1: Very gender-defining um, norms. We absolutely, were, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Which, thankfully, we've sort of majoritarily kind of grown away from that as as um, people. But, yeah, it was, I guess, because I started, I do actually remember it now, actually, because I was only 9 or 10 when I started, and it was my... Like I said, my parents had been like, oh, you like sort of doing little jokes and little performances at home. Why don't we take you to this thing and do drama? And for ages, I, I just did drama for maybe a year or two. And they the people at the school kept being like, oh, you should try singing or you should try tap dancing or or something like that. And I was like, no, no, I'm not doing that because I think, you know, my friends at school, I was worried about what they'd think or whatever. But then I don't know what really happened, I guess, because... I had made friends at that little school who, who started to do those classes. Then I was like, oh, well, they're doing it. So then maybe I can do it as well. Um, but yeah, I definitely think now I wouldn't have had that sort of conflict. But yeah, I was just very, I always used to care what other people thought too much, way too much. Mm. Um, but.
1: Yeah, I think that's just a youth thing, man. I think kids yeah. are so scared of not fitting in or being isolated. I don't know if it's because, like, evolutionary wise, you're more vulnerable as a child and you need the protection of the pact, kind of a yeah. thing. But I, I, that's completely normal, and I, as a teacher, I, I I see it all the time.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you must really get a kind of uh, good view of that kind of thing and how it changes. How how long have you have you done that? Um, what in shoot man
1: i think this summer i think i might have just finished up my 15th year
2: wow nice yeah
1: teaching grades a range of grades five through eight um predominantly six through eight but i taught fifth grade for six seven years um amazing yeah and it it it, like you just you know the patterns man it's like ocean waves you know how kids are gonna start not each kid is different in their own way but you know (laughs) the roles it's like um story tropes you know there's always going to be a villain you know there's always going to be a good guy there's always going to be a sidekick you know there's always going to be a quiet introverted one like you just know these roles are set in a classroom and it's funny how um you can predict it yeah you know this week's going to be crazy because it's a holiday week you know if there was a super bowl the night before all the dudes are going to do nothing but talk about the super bowl in class and shout out their favorite player's name randomly and it's it's just uh I it, it gives you a lot of insight into, maybe it's why I'm so like into like the sociology stuff, because you hmm. do, you just sit there and you kind of like people watch and analyze to help students grow, not to like judge, yeah. but you notice, <laughs> yeah. you notice like these- Just for your own pleasure. <laughs> exactly, that's all we do is sit there with coffee yeah, yeah. and we mock <laughs> and judge, <laughs> like those casting directors. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. every little fit. move. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that's, I think that's why I get into the, the uh, analyzing of social behaviors because mm. by default, like it's something much like you're into the acting. I've just always been into like that, um, noticing people and trying to like anticipate and then use it, guide it like water. Oh, cool. Yeah. The kids have this sort of energy. Let me try to harness it and guide it towards, right. Let me use it to make writing more enjoyable or solving a math equation more enjoyable instead of mm-hmm. having them, you can you cannot be who you are. And understand math it's like let me use who you are to help you understand math
2: yeah yeah for sure and i guess um as you say like you you can kind of get to know how in general it's going to work with them all that just i guess must give you more confidence each year uh until a point where you're like okay i've got this i know exactly yeah
1: well until you get to the point where you're jaded and we uh we had a lot of teachers who were like 40 years retired i actually worked with one and he was like Kids are never ready. You're like, well, and you're like, well, Papa Bear. And I called him Papa Bear. It was hilarious. And I got the kids to call him like, you're scared of Papa Bear. Come on now. And he was this big Hulk. He is this big Hulk. He's like 6'3". He was a Mm. college wrestler. And he's probably like 250. And he hits the gym every morning. biceps man are like bigger than kids heads right and he has this big booming voice and he like he is the standard and you come prepared for his seventh grade science class and you're gonna know everything you need to know about a cell's construction and how to balance an equation and it's life (laughs) or every day's life or death to him and like one day i'm like papa bear you got to remember man this is your 42nd first day of school in sixth grade Mm -hmm. this is their first one it hasn't happened to them 42 times, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, so like some teachers reach that point where they've had thousands of days and they can very easily forget like, no, man, this is this 12 year old's first time dealing with a locker. That's yeah. why they can't get it.
2: Yeah, and I guess, yeah, you're, they're like so used to, the, the teacher is so used to it that I guess, yeah, like you say, you can almost kind of take it for granted that they might be like really, really nervous or yeah. or, or scared or whatever.
1: Oh, for sure. It yeah. is so funny. I, I, God, it, it's not about me podcast. It's about you. But I love the first day of school when kids are so nervous on their lockers. I, I yeah. just enjoy like making jokes about them to try to crack the nerves and just watching yeah. like the twit. And then you see their eyes darting like a rabbit who got caught out <laughs> in a prairie and knows they're about to get pounced on. It's um yeah. fucking things COVID took away. I miss that. Oh, so man. many kids missed out that, on that first just nervous awkward interaction that rush that buzz that you were talking about acting wise kids get that man in a class in the hallways like in the new yeah. environment and um so many kids missed out on that man
2: and yeah and like things socially that you learn mm-hmm. and the friends you make like those friendships might be affected by not going through that same experience like, Dude, i'm like, sure you know it'll work out in a different way but yeah yeah very right tough.
1: but Think about like the, even those, that, that Saturday acting classes, there's some kid somewhere who was really looking forward to getting better at tap dancing and that year and a half is gone for them, man. And the friends they could have made in that year and a half is gone. And the confidence they could have gotten that year and a half is gone. It's, um, it'll be very interesting just again, sociology wise, um, to like look back. And when people try to analyze the impact, um, I'm, I'm geeky like that, I'll, I'll be into it yeah no for sure so to actually refocus it's funny when you were like this is a bit random and i feel a lot of times like conversations when you lock in with someone they just start forking everywhere anyway so the whole thing's kind of fucking random um but no i like that There, it's cool
2: it's it's, shows us like naturally, you know
1: yeah i'm curious does the does the saturday acting classes is that how you get on stage with Henry Winkler. Is that how you get like your picture for the Game of Thrones opportunity? Is that like your origin story for acting?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess that 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 performing arts school is like definitely where it all started and where I kind of I think so much genuinely about uh, the industry that I'm I'm sort of trying to find my way through is just confidence. And I think I learned a lot at that school, but mainly just being confident with other people and when you're performing or whatever, Uh, just not, not in an arrogant way. I'd I'd like to think I never came across like that, but just be feeling really confident about yourself. Um, And it was kind of, so that started in that school. And then actually an agent uh, from London came to my little school and not sort of auditioned us, but kind of watched us through a class and got us to do certain things. And then at the end of the day, that it was again, it's quite cutthroat. It. They picked like eight of us, maybe, and were like, we, "We're interested in you, representing you. You yeah. have
1: potential. The rest of you, yeah, yeah. here's your exactly. first taste of rejection. If you yeah, want to yeah. work in this Get industry, enjoy
2: it." it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah it was really i mean again fortunately i was i didn't get that first bit of rejection there but um yeah and then it was actually that agent then they were the ones who started to i got headshots and started to kind of put me out there to these casting directors and whatnot Uh, and i stayed with them all the way up until i was 18 and i said I wanted to get better I, I'd watch things back I'd watch when I watched Game of Thrones and when I watched that that Dr. Soap thing I was like I'm really I loved the experience and I enjoyed it so much but I was kind of I mean no one likes watching themselves but I was really kind of cringing at my performance and I was like I I want to do better than that I want I want to be better than that. Um, so that that was kind of where that desire to go to drama school came from, um, and then now, you know, I, I graduated—must be about six years ago, almost now, something like that—and um, I feel much better and more confident in my ability, but weirdly, not probably as generally confident as I was as a kid you know as a kid I, yeah. I had no fear I was, I, maybe that's just a youth thing but I was completely fearless I'd go into a room with these huge casting directors and not think anything of it but now if I was given that chance I'd probably be like quaking in my boots a little bit
1: it's all the pressure uh, right because you yeah as an adult you have the the curse of awareness of future consequences and kids mm. are all about that moment yeah yeah you know, kids can meet the president, um, the president of America or the United States. Joe Biden's from Delaware, you know. Yeah. And like, oh
2: right, I didn't know. That.
1: Yeah, and kids, kids can meet him, and like it's hilarious because they're just like, "Hey." Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, nice to
1: me. Yeah. Right. Cool. All right. And then like just walk away from him because it's like you're not interesting. Where yeah. people would like be fucking chasing him down. You know, he needs yeah. security for a reason because. People would go to him, and then it would be like awkward, or they'd be trying to pitch him, and it's all about the potential of what could come, mm-hmm. and it, it kills people, man. It, have yeah. you actually gone to or like tried to seek out any sort of like meditation life coach just to hone in or get strategies to stay in the moment for those opportunities?
2: I haven't actually. Um, it's probably something that's worth worth a look. I think for me, what what I've tried to do instead of that kind of thing is like you say, I think the reason you're, it's good to be a little nervous, but I think the reason why people get really, really badly anxious and nervous about it is cause like you said, you're, you're thinking about what comes after it. You're thinking, Oh, if I get this job, it'd be, you know, this much money. It would be an amazing credit to have. I'd get to work with these people, but really, Whether you get the job is so, so far out of your control that all you can do is I've prepared myself as much as I can in terms of the script or what I need to do. I go in and present what I think is the best of my ability and what I think that they want. Maybe they'll give me a little note and I'll do it again how they said. And then that's it. And you just really, it's not easy, it sounds easy talking about it now, but you try and never think about it ever again unless you get the call and they say, yeah, we, we loved them. We, we want to get you on board. But that that's easy to just say now. But yeah, I think if you can just deliver what ultimately is your job, what you want to do for your life, what you deliver that in the room and then walk out, see you later and try not to think about it. I think that's the healthiest way of going about
1: it not think about it later see so i'm so anti like when you had said watch myself i cringe um i like i teaching wise and even i, I coach middle school basketball but like i love film because i love to try to analyze and it was something <clears> i had <throat> to do getting my degree was like you had to watch yourself teach and like I, I remember not looking at me to be like wow you start like not in that um arrogant way but in a yeah, very yeah, yeah. critical way to improve myself so it's um that's why i'm like i find it interesting where you're like oh done move on instead of like analyze
2: yeah i I guess that that method of kind of walking into the audition room and um delivering what you think and then walking out because ultimately in an audition it, it might just be oh you're not taller than the person that we've got in in that role so so we don't need you or we actually would prefer if uh you had this color hair or whatever it can be anything so i try and for an audition deliver in the room what i think they want and then never think of it again unless i get the job but in terms of once you've done a role say if you get a little tv part i think it's important to watch it back and i know some actors don't but i think then i would watch it and i think now maybe i hopefully wouldn't have that sort of cringe feeling because i feel a bit more confident in my ability hopefully but um yeah i think but again if you are watching it back you've got to try and leave those aesthetic um things at the door of how Mm -hmm. i look and what you know it needs to be about your performance and whether the, the story is coming through Such a great hair day.
1: God, that was such a great hair day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. God, I need to get that gel again.
2: That's so good.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Did you So that would be something where like I just stupid me. I I wouldn't want to be an actor at a big level cuz then when the little perks of like wow, someone cuts my hair who's really good all the time or yep. man, these these clothes I get to have are amazing. And then when it's gone, I'm going to be so upset to be shopping at Marshall's <laughs> yeah. and waiting at like super cuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would drive yeah, me nuts.
2: That, that's, Get used to that uh, the life.
1: Yeah, that's actually why I'm not famous because I've chosen not to be so that I don't yeah. have to give the life away. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too, bro. Me too. <laughs> I think the,
1: the point about the callback is interesting and that, that makes way more sense to me because it would, you'd go mad replaying that moment. Oh, I should have emphasized this word or my gesture should have been this way or my posture should have been more upright. And really all it came down to was, nah, we wanted someone who has a better beard.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would be maddening. Yeah, it would. um, And it would be such a confidence killer, I would imagine. And that's part of the thing, like is with the confidence, doing things knowing you're going to be rejected, but then still doing them well. It's so mm. hard for people in general. It, I don't know how actors can try out for 10 roles, get none of them, and then go to the 11th with yeah. confidence.
2: Yeah, I think that's why I think that's always going to seep in. I think you're always going to have these moments of kind of questioning yourself and if it's right or if you're doing the right thing. But I think, as long like for me, I, I haven't, you know, I can, I can blame COVID for the past like year and a half or whatever, but really. I've not had a big, big sort of chance in a while. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people would just blame their agent, but that's on me. Like, you know, I should have pushed myself out there a bit more. But um, I think you can you can just sort of get, go, go a bit crazy anyway. So if, I think it's natural to let it kind of seep in um, and, and, and experience that that questioning of of where you're at but i think as long as you still have that fire in you of that this is what i want to do in life and as long i think as well as long as you've still got that like never again never in an arrogant way but i i just know or have a feeling that i am good enough to to earn my living from acting i i i I know that I've got that in me. So I think as long as you still have that, then you should keep going for it. But I think ever if it gets too much or if you're not happy anymore, then then maybe it's time to change it. Like I say, I'm very much like, I think happiness has got to come first. And I think if it's if it's not, then maybe there's something to be thought about there. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like, I don't know. Again, that's... I, that would be one of my life mantras or philosophies is like mm. happiness should be a large enjoyment, should be a large part of your daily activity. Even sleeping, yep. man, like fuck man, spend a little extra yeah. money on your mattress. Enjoy <laughs> going to bed. Like it, it'll be worth it.
2: Sleeping's like one of the best things we do. Yeah. I,
1: and
2: I, and I, some people are, Oh, I, I only slept like one hour last night and I'm like, are you joking? That's like, a third of my day, that's the best, yeah.
1: that's the best thing. Dude, it resets you. And, uh, and um, I, I don't know, I, I see you working out on the Instagram and, and doing these rock climbing things and doing these crazy, like put bags and there's barbells and they're getting lifted up, down, slammed. And like, <laughs> you can't do that and do it well without the sleep. I mean, I I enjoy jogging and it's something where I got to remind myself like, dude, quit trying to maximize a day and get by on like five, six hours of sleep. If your body needs eight hours to recover, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what you do. There's a reason tech dudes always say, did you power the device off and restart it when like something's wrong with your computer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your body's the exact same way. And science Mm -hmm. is pretty adamant about like, it doesn't matter the supplements, doesn't matter the diet, sleep is like the most important thing for a healthy Mm -hmm life
2: yeah yeah and and sleep being a big part of it but just like looking after your body in general i think i think food is another big oh, one yeah. for people like it's like oh no no i can't I can't eat i need to be fit but especially if you're doing quite if you're jogging like jogging can really take it out of your body and you need to like refuel after that um and i think I'm starting to have a bit of a better relationship. I used to be like, right, I've just got to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whereas now that I'm sort of doing a little bit more, I'm like, I want loads of food. Like, give me the food. Whereas I think coming from, I used to think, oh, well, I don't ever want to be like chubby again. Mm. So I don't want to eat loads. But now I'm like, I need to eat loads. I want to make sure my body is fueled up and and ready for X, Y, and Z. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you, does a little bit of that, Pressure to not be chubby or whatever come from the acting? Like, how important is it to be fit, shredded? I don't think you have a six pack. I always marvel at people with six packs. Like, those fuckers with six packs. I'm like, you can't be happy. And then I meet (laughs) some of them and I'm like, oh my God, you are happy. And the six-pack comes (laughs) naturally. (laughs) But like, how much is there industry pressure? Do like agents tell you, hey man, make sure you're have this kind of body definition? or is it just I've,
2: more you i've never experienced that fortunately i think i think the best way for it to be is you should never change your you should never feel like you have to change how you look for a certain role or a certain thing uh i think there has def, there is definitely a bit of it and i've seen some people uh be told, oh, you you need to lose weight, otherwise you're not going to get any roles. Which is such a horrible thing to say. I mean, that must be so, we're talking about confidence. That's such a confidence yeah. killer um, for someone. But I think ultimately, however you look, we're supposed all these like uh, TV shows. Well, a lot of them anyway are supposed to show real people, like actual people in the world. Maybe not like superhero stuff, like Marvel, that. but like most sort of dramas or whatever are supposed to represent real people and everyone's different. Everyone looks, everyone's different weights and different sizes and I definitely don't have a six pack. Um, But like, I think as many different kinds of people there are in the world, it's almost like a billion or whatever, they're really could then therefore be just as many different kinds of people on a TV show or whatever. So I think, I don't think anyone should ever be told to look a certain way because I think you just got to be confident in how you look to, and then know what you'd be cast as. So like, I know that I'm never going to be cast as a bodybuilder because I'm knowing <laughs> that I'm like 10 times smaller than them and don't have the complete Shreddedness, but I just wouldn't go for those roles. I know that that's not me, so I focus on what I think I'm right for but um but obviously, you know, I think you want to be healthy and like we're saying you want to eat well to fuel your body and and sleep right, but I don't think you should ever like drastically try and change how you look to just to get a part and yeah.
1: something. And then imagine you don't get it, man. Imagine someone puts on yeah, yeah. 50 pounds of muscle cause they're like, hey, I hear they're looking for blank down the road mm. and they want a bunch of 220 pounds, 5% body fat yeah. actors. That's gonna be my lane. And then all of a sudden it's for not, And now mm-hmm. the mental damage that would come along with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I've always, I, I've always been interested when you had brought up or spoken about agent and maybe making a change, and I'm not um, saying this in like a disparaging way Mm. about agents, but they seem like these mysterious gatekeepers. And I've had people talk about like, and I love what you said about, it's not on my agent. It's on me to go out and get work. Can Mm. you help me understand like a little more about agent relationships and like the fit finding an agent Mm -hmm. that you think fits? Cause I, I would have no idea. And I guess I'm thinking about it too. If people listen and they want to get into acting, I would imagine they'd be like, oh my God, an agent likes me. Let me yeah. just sign. And I feel like a lot of it would be impulsory because people wouldn't have yeah. an idea of the industry.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a weird stigma, uh, if that's the right term, where like people have a certain view on, on how it should work, and it, I think it mainly comes from actors where they think they got an offer from it from an agent, so they they take it and i I'll talk a little bit about that in a sec, but I think people are just like, "Oh, I've got an agent now i'll I can just sit back and and wait for the the emails to flood in for an audition <laughs> or or a job or whatever but Firstly, like agents work so much harder than I think people give them credit for. I think there's the you know from like films and whatever. There's a kind of view of an agent that they've got like these like blacked out sunglasses on and they're like know what's what and they're very cutthroat and what. But every agent I've had is so lovely and and have had a really good relationship with, which is so important. But I think if you get signed to an agent and you think. Oh, I'm good now. I've just got to wait for jobs to come in. And then they don't. And then you're the same kind of person goes, Oh, I've got a terrible agent. They're not getting me any work. Um, I, I'm not even getting any auditions. That's just such a toxic way to be. And it's not, it's not true whatsoever. Like these agents have got tons of people they're trying to look after, they're trying to put 100 percent effort into all of them. Um, and also it's hard to get In the door to a casting director anyway so then they've got that obstacle as well um i think i've definitely been bad at this in the past and that's why i said that you know it's on me to try and do more uh and and i i'm getting that motivation to do that again but um i think you should be just honing your craft Whilst whilst you're waiting for those auditions to come in you should be practicing even if it's just like sight reading from books or scripts uh practicing maybe accents Mm -hmm. maybe meeting up with other actors and i'm not saying you have to because you know money is 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 not there for, for everyone i you know i can find it tighter sometimes i'm not saying you need to go out and pay loads of money for classes or whatever but if you can just meet up with some friends and maybe practice filming some scenes with each other um and equally like keep an eye out for roles you might see on social media oh I might be good for that casting. Then you can send it to your agent and be like, "Oh, do you, what do you think? Maybe this would be good for me." And then they might be like, "Oh, amazing! Yeah, let's let's try and put you up for it." See, that's, so I think there's
1: no. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry, man. I mean to cut you off. It's one of the things no, that no, sucks no, no. with Zoom—a little bit of lag. But that's yeah. that's interesting. The you spot a role, do you then like you you're supposed to give that to the agent, and then the agent middleman then applies, or can you? apply yourself and then just let your agent know hey by the way fred i applied
2: for this
1: Mm. is there like tact in that or decorum
2: uh i i think i would always go through my agent um just as a general because i mean they, they have so much more knowledge and experience of how it all works that i think i i wouldn't Apply for something without my agent saying. I, I'd always be like, "What do you think? Do you, would you like me to apply for it, or do you think?" Because chances are, a lot of the time, you'll be like, "Oh, I think I might be good for this part," and they're like, "Oh, I put you up for that actually as well." Oh, and then you the, would the, look stupid, were, and you'd be like, yeah, "Why exactly, is this person yeah.
1: applying twice for the same job?" Yeah,
2: yeah, and they're they're really good at, and that 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 kind of example shows how much they're actually doing without you knowing, um, because they might be like, "Yeah, yeah, I put you up for that." Fingers crossed, we hear something. Um, but I think, as you said, you could be quite impulsive with like, oh, I got an offer from from an agent, I should take it, definitely. Um, I think you just got to make sure you've got the right relationship and you both want the same thing. Um, you, you know, you've got to be realistic. You can't go and be like, oh yeah, I only want to be in the lead in Hollywood film. Yeah,
1: lead Marvel character.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we'd all love that. But um, yeah, I think... You gotta know what you both want to achieve from working together, Uh, and you just gotta get on. Just be normal people. I think a lot of people can feel like they're quite intimidated by their agent just because they're your agent. But ultimately, you're working together to try and that's weird boost both of your careers.
1: Intimidated. See, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought like maybe I'm a schmuck, and not that agents would be like my butler or servant in any way. Mm. but i would feel like my mentality is like dude don't you get a cut of my profits i'm kind of paying yeah. you like i'm your boss mm. so i'm i'm interested the intimidation i wouldn't think why actually why would that be
2: yeah no i get that i think um there's def- those are definitely the two the two sides of it i think you got people who are confident in thinking well you know technically i'm paying you to try and get me work you get commission from my pay um so then there's that that kind of relationship and then you've got the what i would describe as that intimidation i don't know if intimidation is the right word but like where your agent's like i've got an audition for you and they are terrified to say i don't know if that's right for me i don't want to do that or um maybe i can't make that audition i'm really sorry and, being, and going through real sort of anxiety of saying that to their agent in case the agent's like, well, then I'll drop you. I don't need you sort of thing. Oh. But I think the, both those, I've never experienced those kind of relationships and I've thankfully had and have as well now amazing agents and they... I've just really gotten on well with them. It's It needs to be honest both ways. You're happy communicating with each other. You you know how to talk to each other. It feels like natural. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the relationship I have with my agent is, is great. Um, the only thing I would change at all is how much more work I would do. I know that they're doing the work and I would never any blame on them for for me not having anything right now on the table um or coming up but yeah I definitely know that I want to put more into my career and get get things going more
1: I hadn't thought about that either the whole or, I, nah the actor being like I I don't want to do that thanks you got me an opportunity nope I'm not gonna do it and that yeah. being like a point of contention or even discussion and mm-hmm. it goes I guess back to what you were saying I almost like calibrating expectations because if you both don't have the same goal, how will you know if you're being successful? If there is no metric, how can we measure? Right? Mm -hmm. So that's, what was your conversation? Like, do you just have lunch when you're debating signing with this agent or how do you kind of establish that relation? How did you establish your relationships?
2: I think, uh, well, so the, the situation I'm in now is slightly different where actually I'm now currently back with the agent I was with when I uh, was a kid when I did sort of Game of Thrones. and things. Oh man, that's that's um,
1: the worst going back. No, I'm just kidding. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, in my head, I'm like picturing like you know you have this like high school girlfriend and then whatever <laughs> yeah. you're in your thirties, and you're just like you know what she really doesn't look that bad. Let me just hit her up and, see.
2: and then you're like yeah. I'm hey. in love again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, <laughs> no, um, yes, yeah, so I'm with them so. Kind of the relationship that there's different people working there now uh, than when I was with them as a kid, but I kind of had that as an in they they've heard of me before and they know how I am, so that we didn't have to work too much on that. and actually, when I went and had a meeting with um, two of the, the lovely ladies there they they were so nice. it was I felt at ease immediately and we we're just having fun cracking jokes and 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 that kind of thing. but I think, you just got to try and be yourself as much as you can i think if you go in trying to and you've got if you've managed to get um a meeting with an agent which is already a massive victory um because it can be difficult i think you just if you're going in with any sort of character other than yourself it's already bad bad news i think Sorry, I thought like I'm talking quite a lot, like I have all the answers to. No, well, it's uh, inside, like, right? Clearly, I don't. But yeah. uh,
1: well, it's your experience. I think it's a cool yeah. journey, and I would imagine a lot of people who are actors and even people who want to be professional actors, like again, at Southern Delaware. I don't know how many people have this kind of experience of how do I get an agent. Right, Mm. like, is that difficult? Don't I just email someone and say, "Hey, you'll take ten percent of my money or whatever"? So so that's why it—the insight um, is interesting because I think people can relate to it. It's okay, not not that you're ordinary because no one's ordinary, but I think it is like an ordinary thing. If you've gone to drama school, okay, what is my next step? And anytime you can get insight into that, I I don't take it as arrogant coming across that way.
2: Okay, cool. Well, yeah, just I think. That's what I actually really love about your idea of this is like realizing that as much as everyone's different, we have so many things that are similar and how we are and how we, and even from like around the world. So that, yeah, that's what I thought was pretty cool. And I'm
1: almost looking at agents now as like realtors and it's something where realtors can get overlooked is like they put in a lot of work without the promise of pay. on projects. And it seems like I I hadn't considered agents as people (laughs) like they do have to put in a lot of work. So it is a big investment if they select you to represent, because they're trusting that, Hey, if I put in this time onto you, Rod, I will get paid back eventually. But if Rod is not successful, then I've wasted that time. And agents have bills, agents have families, agents have financial goals that they want to achieve. And none of that happens unless you are successful as their client.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's it. And you hit it on, on the head with that. Therefore, if they're working based on their client success, then their time is a really valuable uh, resource and they're putting all this time into trying to get their clients work. So then when you're trying to get an agent, I think that's why it's difficult because their time is therefore so valuable Mm. that they're getting hundreds and hundreds of people email like, here's my headshot, Uh, I'm seeking representation. Uh, I really think that our relationship would work well judging from what I know from other people that you represent. And they see that over and over. So it must be really difficult for them to find the right people for them. But I think yeah, when when you get into a room with them, I feel like you just have to be yourself. You can't can't be anything other than that, and and then try and gauge in that time if you get on, if you like what, if they maybe say, I actually think you'd be really good for like more sort of period drama where maybe you're playing someone from the Victorian era or from like World War Two you've got that kind of look and if you like the sound of that and you'd like to do that then that's some some it's kind of ticking the boxes uh, um
1: so yeah that's something but, i didn't consider either you're like no i'm an action star and they're like really yeah. you're gonna be the friend in romantic comedies if you want to yeah to exactly and yeah, then yeah. having to like accept that
2: yeah and i think a lot of maybe a guy goes into a room and he he's maybe quite sort of fresh out of drama school he might think well i think i'm a sort of leading man type look, but then that it might be that, well, I think you're actually more the friends, and that's not a bad thing like, you just need to know what your, your casting is and I think it's hard at the beginning because people would love they see these amazing films and they see actors, do, like, completely change their casting and look completely different than you look like Gary Oldman or something like that, like, looks completely different than anything you see but and that's, like, the dream but I think you almost do kind of have to like pigeonhole yourself a little bit at the beginning and be like, right, no, this is what I look like. These are the kind of roles I'll play at the start of my career at least. And then if I manage to get uh, the, the snowball going and uh, get some success, then maybe I've got a bit more license because, oh, people have seen me in that. So... Now that's more of an attraction for someone to watch the show because they've seen, they know they've seen me in that. So that like, oh, I'll watch them in that. And then you might be able to play slightly different characters than, than normal.
1: Almost like that. So it's funny, man. It's the, the metric, like that social media. If you're making that choice, oh, you have this many numbers. Cool. We'll put you for a role. The more different roles you have, you're bringing that audience, and maybe they would be more likely, casters, to put mm. you in the roles you want because you have this. The, the following
2: the yeah you've got like a draw yeah exactly and that's why people get a bit annoyed because we you know like reality tv stars like i think i don't is it like jersey shore and yeah
1: america? yeah we got big brother i think for us in america yeah. i think it started really with mtv's the real world
2: oh okay cool. and then oh, yeah, it yeah, just yeah.
1: went like the bachelor the bachelorette all these <laughs> yeah, yeah. boom
2: yeah um, but we yeah, we we have like similar stuff to that, And a lot of those people, because then they've got this like fame, and like people know them, they might get put in like a show in the West End. Even you know, some of them are talented, but people who have like worked their entire life training and honing their craft, miss out on that role because that person's famous. And it can I guess it can be quite disheartening if if you can see that someone's got a part because they're like famous from a reality show where they're like yeah. cheated on their <clears throat> wife or whatever <laughs> like some stupid shit but um yeah it can i guess it can be quite upsetting if you've got like really really worked hard but yeah cuz it doesn't seem game. like
1: it would be like a meritocracy it wasn't merit based yeah. that they got that part it was just they got cast because they're hot right now yeah versus they've like have they rolled around on the floor making seal sounds? I don't think (laughs) so. Right. Like I bit someone's arm pretending it was a fish. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I put in the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. I could see that as, as being a a killer. But then again, at the same time, like the whole point of producing something is to get people to watch it. And part of the choice is like going, man, it's such a weird, I don't know. The world is just weird. There there is no one right way, kind like what you were saying about I'm not trying to come off like I have all the answers. There never is like one manual, one step, Yeah yeah, yeah, to, to make it, man. It's just so um it always just seems so random.
2: Yeah, and it is yeah, and like I say, everyone will have a different journey, but I think the main thing is just to make sure you are happy still and that you still have that fire that you you want to achieve that if that goes, then, then maybe it's not worth it. But yeah.
1: Have you thought about trying to do reality TV
2: to get some? No, nah, nah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could, I don't think I could pull it off. Um, pull it yeah, off. I, you
1: just show up, man. You sit there, you work out, you have yeah, some cocktails.
2: Yeah. 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 It sounds good actually. Now you talk about it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's for me. I think I've always had this kind of, um, what would the word be? I guess it's kind of kind of pretentious in a way but I I think if I am going to get the success again in quotes of just like getting a decent wage for acting if I am going to get that I want to kind of get it off my ability and uh my work ethic rather than, I don't I don't think I'd go sort of um a wide route around to get there hmm. um yeah i think I, I i guess it could be just like the simple path but slash not so simple right. of just my ability and if that's if that's good enough then then great and hopefully you know like i say i feel like i am good enough to do that but i guess time time will tell and we'll see
1: yeah and i didn't get to ask because um, you've brought it up about the the pigeonholer knowing your role Mm. do you have like an elevator pitch of i am this role i see myself as this type of person
2: or is that a for for me yeah um, for you i well i kind of mentioned it earlier and i painted it like an example of someone else but i think i do have particularly if i actually Get off my ass and shave this beard that is just lazily staying on my face. Um, I can have like a sort of period old look of of kind of certain eras throughout, uh, maybe wartime or or that kind of thing. Um, so I, I I would love to do things like that, um, but I think I I am kind of more. I'm definitely. I know I'm not a leading man type sort of figure. I think I'm like the kind of friend, and uh, you know, who cracks has a bit of light relief of comedy here and there at times. Um, but I think as well, like as I get older and as you know, your body shape changes or whatever, you need to just kind of keep an eye on things and see what you're you're good for. My girlfriend is convinced that I would never ever play a good guy ever. She's no. like, you are an evil person. And I don't know if that's I, I like to think of quite a nice boyfriend, but <laughs> she seems convinced she's like you've got this like a pointy jaw. She's like, you're I think she she associated me with like a kind of Loki character, you know, in like okay. uh Marvel. Um and which, you know, I'd love to be Thor, but I don't have muscles bulging and Thor. long, flowing, glorious hair. Um but yeah, she's convinced that I'm, I'm a bad guy. And actually, I, more recently, I have sort of gotten a little bits as an evil person. Uh, not a very nice bloke. Oh, no way. Like what? I, well, I like to think I'm quite a nice guy, to be honest. But <laughs> um, I did a kind of mini internet series. Uh, but that time is going. That must be like two years ago now. Um and I was playing a guy. It was called Between a Man and a Woman, and it was a play. And then they, the director, made it into a little kind of three-part mini series. And it's basically a, a really hard, well, like hard-hitting story about um, like domestic abuse and mental health. Okay. Um, and I was playing a, a man who's really <clears throat> struggling in his own mind and unfortunately, it lashes out into his relationship and his marriage. Um, and that that is so because you know, I'm talking about you try and go for your like pigeonhole and your niche. But obviously, I'm so far from, removed from that kind of character. But uh, apparently, I must look like a really horrible person. It's, it's
1: in you to be, to be, to, to, um, assault a female. It's in you. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that. that's something I've spoken to another actor, um, Dominic, and hmm. he was talking about like roles he would, um, not accept. And he was like, I try to have these moralistic lines of, I don't want to go there. But then as he progresses, he didn't want to limit himself in his right. career. So at first he's like, I'm never going to do a scene where I have to be violent towards a woman because mm-hmm. I don't want to portray that. I don't think that should be in the world. And now yeah. he's like, but at the same time, it is bringing awareness to how terrible that is. And when you can see that fake, then when it's in real life, you, you're like, no, that, that should never happen. And yeah. I'm curious if you get conflicted as you're thinking about roles, like moral dilemmas or anything like that where you're like i don't want to be that shit person on screen my kids might see that and think oh my (laughs) god like i'm an abusive father i think it's real yeah
2: yeah yeah um no that i mean that's a really uh good point from dominic and it can be like quite conflicting but he he kind of nailed it uh explaining i think similarly like if you see something like that and you know it's not real, it's purely to bring awareness to that that's an issue that people really sadly have to actually deal with in their lives. Um, and maybe what can we do to try and prevent that uh, and help people with mental health to stop things like that happening. But I think it it was difficult at times to kind of get to that place in some of the really hard scenes. Um, but I think that go that's probably something in the mind of them casting it they want to make sure that they know the person is not anything like that so that they can help them bring it out and show it on screen but for me in those scenes where it's really difficult and you know horrible to to portray like you are doing something that that horrible to someone but i think the, the first thing that was in my head the entire time uh, is, how is she doing in this? How is the actress doing? Is she okay? So even you can't get too lost in, in the moment. At all times, you've got this kind of little in the back of your head going, make sure she's all right because obviously you're not actually hurting her or anything like that, but you know, even someone shouting right in your face or or (laughs) being really intimidatingly close to you, it must, it can't be very nice. So I think at all times I just wanted to make sure she was okay and comfortable with everything. And, uh, I was thinking of maybe trying this in this scene. Is that okay with you? Like that, she, the the person that you're, the, the, um, these kind of.
1: The recipient yeah the recipient
2: of these things needs to take be kind of the the most important person in the room i think
1: yeah that man that would be tough because if you're trying to lose yourself and now all i'm thinking of is like m&ms lose yourself right but if you're Mm. if you lose yourself in a character i would think that would be the goal but then you're trying to like cling into your mind about like make sure even though i'm supposed to be even though I want this person to be dead and feel pain and feel like nothing. And all that goes into this slap.
2: But then at the same
1: time, you're like, God, let me make sure I don't actually hit her because that would be terrible. (laughs) I, I feel like that would be very hard to then or it would be difficult to portray it in a what you would think would be an authentic way. Like you would yeah. almost, I would think like a director would be like, get that out of your head, Rod. You do yeah. want to kill her. She, you <laughs> yeah. hate her. She's vile. And like, almost like a coach hyping up a player yeah, yeah, to yeah. dominate. So it's interesting <clears throat> that you bring that up.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, lots of actors would go about things differently. And and I think it is important to not, I I, I don't know if I would say for me to like lose myself in that, I think you always have to have a bit of yourself and almost kind of like you are commenting on that character. But some people would say, you know, completely method, they want to be that person. And I get that uh, because, you know, some amazing performances come out and films of people doing it like that. But I think from, in my opinion, which people might disagree with, I think almost if you can... Go that deep into a character and really show it convincingly, whilst you're still cautious of people around you and and uh, and, and like I was saying, making sure that that person's okay. That's almost for me more in impressive in a way because you've brought out a convincing story. You've done the writer justice you've done what the director wanted it looks right on screen but most and most importantly everyone was safe everyone had a good time and <laughs> ultimately me and and that girl lovely girl called Kelsey really got on on that entire shoot. we were laughing every day um which I think was nice because we didn't get to I think you can get quite caught up and in, and in, let those feelings kind of upset you a bit. Like it's not very nice to go through, but we were just having a really good time away from filming. Uh, that made it a really, a really good shoot.
1: What was, um, and can you say the name of the internet series again?
2: Uh, it's called between a man and a woman. Okay. That's a, and I time. think I'm not entirely sure, but I think the director was planning on maybe putting it on stage at some point again. Um, so yeah but it's a really really nice story uh and it was just a really small group of us putting it all together
1: um yeah what was one of the more difficult scenes uh you?
2: it kind of built up we we as often happens you have to kind of do things non chronologically see that always um, blows
1: my mind man that's where i'm like at the very end so now i need to be completely sad that she's dead but i haven't like we haven't even developed a relationship yet how do i know (laughs) like i haven't even met her and then that always seemed like it would be one of the more difficult things to wrap my mind around if i had to act
2: yeah it can be tough i think and a lot of the time you can end up having to do quite like emotional hard scenes early on and like you say you, you don't feel like you've you almost wish you'd get that at the end so that you have the full journey of the character in you and you know how it all went down. But, uh, yeah, there was a scene, I can't remember when in the film, when we did it, but it was, um, a kind of culmination of, of everything. that had built up over this time and it, it got to, there had been moments of, um, abuse to, to, my wife Tom's wife um uh, throughout but there was a really really horrible scene where it got really bad and that that was quite hard to do and then there was another one uh, we did this like in the same week I think which was quite difficult but uh, unfortunately it touched on like sexual abuse and and non-consent within that um so that, that was probably the hardest for me because, you know, it's, it's just absolutely devastating. But um, again, that was the main one where we were very much like, we made sure everyone knew exactly what was going to happen at certain points and made sure everyone was okay with it. <laughs> not, you know, you're not okay with it, but yeah. uh, comfortable with what was about to have to happen. Um, but yeah, it was difficult. But um, Because even though it wasn't, it was a relatively sort of small production you know and it was just for an uh, uh, internet series it, it hasn't sort of gone onto streaming platforms or whatever but um it was so nice to actually have a real chunk of a character cuz most of what i've done even if it was like game of thrones is really small parts and it was nice to actually really get stuck in with something um and sort of test. I thought I'd maybe lost my uh, skills a little bit over over time, but yeah, it was nice to actually get get something to get my teeth into a bit more.
1: And what was the conversation like in you getting the role or selecting the role? Does it have to get pitched to you like, "Hey, man, you want to be this decrepit, sexually abusive <laughs> yeah. husband"? And like, that's just a text message on your phone and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. reply with a thumbs up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little gift from someone waving. Um, <laughs> Me please. Me please. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. So I, I knew the, the director uh, from a job, an actual sort of paying the bills job we did at a theater together. And uh, I had spoken about the play a few times. But then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of sort of making it into a, a little mini series," And I was like, this was actually the, a time where uh, I was like, oh, actually, I think I was in between agents at this point as well. So I, I wasn't represented at this time. And I said, well, you, do you know what? I, uh, I'd love to audition if you do, if you do it at some point. And I didn't know too much about the character at this point, but then after he was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then when it came to when he was going to start doing it and audition people, uh, he spoke to me a bit more about the character. And, yeah, I don't know. I think... At, now looking back, I think someone could just, like, turn and run at the sound of that awful person uh, and having to put that on screen. But... Uh, yeah, I think I was just excited how we had spoke about it and how passionate he was about the, because he wrote it as well, how passionate he was about it. Um, I was just excited that the prospect of doing something. But then when we actually got involved and when we did the audition, we did a scene from it and uh, the, the female lead who was opposite had already been cast at that point. So in the audition, I got to read with her. So it was... That's always interesting because they can see your dynamic then right right away. Um, So yeah, that that was how that all all sort of came about.
1: Oh, so just a friend. That's awesome. I I would think like someone you know you can work with versus you get a role and now like you're unfamiliar with taking suggestions from Mm -hmm. a director. I, I bet like that would be a lot of the angst is almost like an ego or a pride hit of yeah. I feel the character is portrayed this way, but then you've got the writer-director who's like, no, you need to do it more mm-hmm. blank. I, I want to like throw specific... What are some specific like... Nit... Is nitpicks the wrong word? I don't want to be negative about it, but like mm-hmm. things, <laughs> talking points where it's... A... Are there typical talking points between an actor and a director of portraying? Yeah, I think so.
2: Talking? And I think it does depend, like some... Some directors are like, this is the way it needs to be, and that's it. And I think, ultimately, they're the boss. Like they, They've they hired you, so you're there to do what they ask of you. But I think I, I prefer an environment where it is a bit more of a collaborative effort. You can bring things to the table, and some directors love that. They'll love for you to be like, I was actually thinking that maybe I'll do this bit like this, or... Um, maybe it might be something that's not in the script, but it's backstory things. And you might talk about that. And some directors love when you, I think you should come ready to bring things to the table and have researched your character. Um, but some directors might be like, well, this is how I want it. Uh, and equally some directors will just get you to do something. They might not necessarily think that they'll use it, but just to have it on film, just in case, um, actually weirdly. And, um, Game of Thrones, obviously, it's still, like I say, like three lines, like the smallest uh, part of the day kind of thing. But uh, one of the directors, uh, a really cool guy called uh, Tim Van Patten, he came up to me before we shot the scene and was like, um, why don't, just on this one, why don't you try and just like, rather than being kind of scared of Joffrey, why don't you try and give him a bit of attitude back, like stand up to him a bit more. And I hadn't thought to do that at all. It wasn't sort of written like that, but he was just wanting me to play around with it. But um, he didn't tell Jack, who plays Joffrey, that I was going to do that. So then it kind of... Doing that gives Jack something to play with in the moment and give a really kind of natural response to. And, you know, they didn't end up using it and fine, but I imagine potentially at some points in the entire series maybe they did try that and actually keep what what they made from that which is i think really quite cool you get a nice like natural response
1: yeah see that's another thing where i'm like oh shit that's right you can play one scene out like with five different emotions now now yeah. sob because you're in fear of your life now yeah have your ego take over and you're bigger than this character so Intimidate them more so, mm-hmm. or you know, be more. That's I, I hadn't thought about that. Mm. How long? I guess. How long were you on set for filming those three lines?
2: <laughs> well, that that's the thing because we we were in. It was my my bit was filmed in Belfast. We are there for like two weeks, and uh, the I mean, budget was amazing. I was in like a really nice hotel, so I wasn't saying no to being there for two weeks, but. Um, to be honest with you but uh, yeah and then weirdly I'm pretty sure something strange happened where we would kind of film the entire scene and then I went home and started going back to school and then they're like oh we need you to come out for another week Uh, we didn't get part of the the scene and I was like oh okay so I went out for another (laughs) week but actually the part of the scene they didn't get my character had already run off anyway so it was something with the dog that the dogs were amazing. They're absolutely beautiful. But they uh, the dog, like, really didn't like attacking Joffrey. I think he sort of grabs him by the arm and is sort of ripping at his arm. But the dog kept kind of going to bite him and then sort of licking his arm because he didn't <laughs> want to hurt him kind of thing. Um, so that, that was – so I got another sort of almost week there, and they didn't even need me. That's um,
1: insane. Like, yeah, I, again, no. like, I'm thinking, like, three lines, three yeah. weeks – But the time ratio, I don't know if it's like, if I'm part autistic or I'm on some sort of spectrum where I perseverate on numbers. I don't know what the diagnosis is, but that blows (laughs) my mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I genuinely, that was my first sort of humbling experience of this is big, you know, big set experience. Um, and anything can, obviously they want to be as efficient as as possible, but with something like that, their sets are amazing. And there's like a guy whose job it is there to like, look at the clouds and be like, right, you've got a minute and a half of sunlight of, of clear skies shoot now sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Like there's so many things that go into it. And then even like must've been months after filming, they needed me to go to like a voiceover recording studio and just, add a bit of noise of me getting cut on the cheek um, and making me go up really high pitched, higher than my voice had ever gone. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, and that just blew my mind as well, like the level of detail for something, again, that I was taking for granted as a really small role. Um, I, I don't want to say... Um, like a non-existing character, but like in the grand scheme of things yeah. the whole show, you know, it's the tiniest part, but the level of detail that they put into everything just absolutely amazed me. I, I really res- respected everything about it.
1: God, that's in my mind. I'm thinking like, damn peak too soon. Like yeah, if yeah. you could just have that moment, but understand the appreciation of it and then maybe figure out, I don't know, man, like to, To cash? Do you get a ton of cachet? Game of Thrones cachet? Like, is that the first line on a resume where people are like, casting directors, whatever? They're like, oh, Game of Thrones, you're in.
2: Well, I think it. It's. I mean, it's definitely a great credit to have. And actually, that that job that I got straight after that, the um, casualty doctor one. Okay. I'm pretty sure I got in the room of that because they had seen I had just finished filming on Game of Thrones. like It was something that a lot of people were talking about because it hadn't come out yet. And then I did go to that audition. We went through the scene once, and then the director was like, so what, what was it like filming on Game of Thrones? And then we just talked about that for ages. And, and then luckily I got that job. So I think there is there is an era of if you've just done something that's quite big, that looks really good. But equally, now that that is like 10 years ago the question on i would assume on uh, an agent or a casting director's mind isn't oh that's really great you need to game of thrones let's get you in it's more why haven't you done as much since is the is the first question i would imagine that's probably what i would think yeah uh, that's a, it. yeah
1: because like that again like peak too soon now you've almost yeah. got to keep up on that level or else yeah. it would seem as a drop-off to do an internet series.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and, and I think that's why I talk about it a lot, to try and just make sense in my head of, like, associating the momentum game of, of it being like a snowball. I think the moment whatever happens, maybe you uh, want a break from acting, or maybe you go to drum school, or, or whatever, maybe something in your family happens if you stop, that snowball, let's say melts, and then you've got to get it going again. Um, That was a really terrible analogy, but you know what I I mean?
1: I I think that not to me, that made perfect sense because it could, it could just evaporate. It seems like the opportunity, the audience, the momentum just goes away. And now not only do you have to like, not only do you have to make the snowball well, to make the snowball, you gotta be, you gotta have the right environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I think yeah. the analogy actually would make perfect sense because like summer comes and all of a sudden my snowball is gone yeah.
2: and you're like exactly yeah, yeah yeah
1: all I did was take a break or all I did was pursue another passion or yeah. unexpected circumstances came up in my life and I had to stop and now the whole a- environment's changed. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's a really good analogy. I was with it. Okay. cool. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 <laughs> I. So then what? Was there a particular, was it just drama school for you that slowed your momentum? Or did you get another interest when you were transitioning from like child actor to, can I call you an adult? Or is that offensive? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no,
2: I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I think, I, I tend to use that as the excuse. Um, I think because it was that, uh, and I was very happy. It wasn't like, um, I try and not make it seem like a regret because part of me thinks of the other, I'm getting all sort of Marvel Universe now, but the other timeline of maybe I didn't go to drama school and I carried on maybe getting more parts and things. And But maybe, I don't know if that would have been a, a successful way to go, but maybe I I still wouldn't have been happy with my ability and confidence as an actor. And so maybe I wouldn't have been happy with what I was putting out. Whereas even though um, I am struggling now to get that momentum and caliber of audition and and part again, uh, I definitely feel like a much better actor than I was then. So it's tricky. It's a hard one to kind of balance out. But then equally, even getting further um, down the line and even still a bit more kind of wanky uh, in a way, um, I wouldn't have met the amazing friends that I've made and I wouldn't have met my amazing girlfriend if I hadn't have gone down the path that I have. So I tend to try and not see it as a regret because I, I am happy at the minute um and yeah i just gotta try and get the acting going to kind of make it all fit together how i how i always dreamed it would. but
1: that's dude that's healthy because it would be i mean just imagine your life if you're the dude with empty bottles of vodka or leaders yes. and like you just have like that one scene playing on some screen in your house on loop yeah like a gif like
2: yeah imagine
1: oh dude i mean I'm like,
2: saying that i literally have I've just clocked that i've literally got a barrel of whiskey right behind me there but i don't i don't drink it and just watch game of thrones over and over I promise.
1: <laughs> and just perseverate and like, yeah, yeah. they should have gone with this other clip Damn it, they should have gone <laughs> yeah. with the other clip because yeah, i bet well like it's joking but like i that has to happen to some people where they choose to focus on the negatives on that yeah. pathway on the fork of the split and um you can't get past it, man, and like you get yeah. stuck there. It would be a terrible place to be.
2: Definitely, yeah. And then you just again, it's like we we were saying about auditions. Then you're just thinking of like what you could have done. Definitely, yeah. And the energy matters. you
1: give off would be shit too, man. You just yeah, attract yeah. bad people. Do yeah, you definitely. do you like one medium? As far as like, there's I, I would assume like commercials. There's series. There's a movie. There's acting on stage, plays, musicals. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a medium that you enjoy more?
2: Um, I think there's arguments for for everything. I mean, like commercials can be really great money, but they're they're not the most f- fulfilling a lot of the time. Uh, often you, you're not having to really do much acting. Let's say you're just giving a quick look and then that's it. But <laughs> the money can be quite good. But um, but yeah, I think TV and film was always what I felt like I got a really just a buzz for. I loved like being on set and I loved the like craft of I mean cinema is one of my absolute passions I love watching films and I love the craft that goes into it and and how how to make TV and film work Um, but then equally like theatre you get this immediate live response from what you're doing and you immediately affecting people um, I think I, I love that and I love um, that that immediate kind of connection with an audience right there in front of you but I still think I would probably say TV film pips it a little bit for me just because I think the craft of it is, is awesome
1: that, yeah and it, it, not that it's like major league minor league comparison but I think there's that ah uh, to a screen mm. but maybe I'm just ignorant to what it means to like headline a play or be a part of like Hamilton was a big thing in the States over here where I would imagine what's better you being on a Netflix series or you being in Hamilton and Mm -hmm. sold out house 300 straight performances
2: exactly yeah 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 and that's why I think I mean like I said I'd never say no to to either I'd love to do both and you got to take what you can get But, um, yeah, I think for for me, TV and film just pips it. But then, like, that's probably just because of a giant fear of, like, messing up my lines in front of a thousand people. (laughs) Whereas, like, (laughs) on TV and film, you mess up your lines, they go, okay, that's annoying, let's reset and go. And then it's done. Whereas on stage, it's like, oh, now, now I'm naked in front of everyone. Or at least that's what my brain's telling me.
1: Yeah, I've been surprised. I've spoken to some comedians, and uh, one of their hardest things, or one of their fears for their stand-up acts, is like they're like, "Yeah, I just really struggle with memorizing eight straight minutes of my dialogue, mm. or making sure I hit my talking points in a particular rhythm to help mm. the audience laugh." And I'm like, "That's difficult for you?" And they were yeah. there, and it, like not to be insulting, but to be like, "Huh, really?" And they're like, "Dude, mm. have you ever tried to talk for like..." 10 straight minutes and make sure you get everything across. And then you do it really well one night and now you've got to replicate that exact same part every single time. I'm like, I guess I have it.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's an interesting. No, not... Co- comedians I, I respect so much. I, I think that's one of those terrifying jobs, <laughs> just like going somewhere and everyone's expecting you to make them laugh and be happy. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, like um, you said, like, like that guy saying, memorizing so much content i think like yeah i i'm I'm usually all right with remembering lines but i think having that pressure to make a whole room laugh their ass off would be quite terrifying so big big props to comedians
1: yeah i uh, i I, anybody who can um talk but at, at the same time i think of and maybe it's irrational confidence I'm like, if I was funny, I don't think it would be hard with teaching, because I'm like, I feel like I get up there and I hit my points, but at the same time, I don't feel that pressure of children will laugh now.
2: (laughs) Right. Right? Like I actually it's I was gonna say you've got you've got that same thing. Like you you've probably got a bunch of things you know you have to say, you have to say them in a certain order. And and also but you've kind of got a different added pressure it's not something like made them all laugh but to make sure that they take in what you're saying but also that i mean they're kids as well so you've got yeah. that layer to deal with as well. yeah. So engagement yeah,
1: developmental appropriate but i think it's just an irrational confidence thinking i could do this it would be again yeah. like the actors being like who haven't gone to school like oh, i could do that look at the film yeah, yeah. Oh, i could do that and you're like nah man it's a little harder than you think believe it or not <laughs> even just standing <laughs> I, I want to uh, pivot a little bit because I, I guess I don't want to just get to know you as like an actor. Um, mm. I'm curious with the Instagram stuff that I'm seeing about the fitness. I actually thought you were like a gym owner. Oh, right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, because you... I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your... How did you get... Why did you get so serious about the rock climbing and like it seems like CrossFit games and competitions or are you not that serious about it? Is that a little misnomer?
2: Um, I... I definitely feel like it's becoming a bigger and bigger part of my life and what I enjoy. Um, I would say since I kind of went to drama school and started to take care of myself a bit more and get a bit fitter, um, I've always enjoyed it, but I was never that bothered about going to the gym or anything like that. It wasn't a bit of me. But then it was probably, to be fair, when I met... uh, girlfriend Katie she has always loved fitness um and we started kind of going to the gym together and uh not that serious again just kind of regularly kind of keeping fit and then she is an absolute powerhouse and she's gotten more and more involved and now she's kind of like coaching and uh potentially going to do like personal training and stuff and she's like a machine and it's very intimidating seeing how big her <laughs> biceps are that's probably what spurs me on to hit the gym to be honest um trying to keep uh, up i did exactly see the one there, yeah. I, I
1: don't know if it was her but there was one and i don't even know what that crossfit exercise is called i don't know if it's a deadlift or a power lift where you're putting it over your head oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it looked like you were trying to keep in rhythm with a female across from you
2: yeah
1: um is that your girlfriend
2: that's her yeah yeah, yeah dude, so she was crushing you Oh, mate, <laughs> I know, right? She <laughs> I was actually destroyed me. <laughs> you did. I can, and also, <laughs> what was worse, right, was Shit. We, we were kind of having to rotate in our team. We were a team of five, right? And when I would see that it would be the next up was me and her, I would, my heart would sick. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to really have to bust my balls here. I, like, looked over to her. I was like, Katie, Katie. Slow down a little bit for me, right? And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah cool." And then we start, and she's going like that, and absolutely throwing this thing up. Um, yeah, it was it was tough, but that's what I mean. She's she just so inspiring with that because like it really gets me to to be motivated. But it was kind of we we started gymming more and more, and then uh, I got a job in that rock climbing place that's uh, what you've seen, and I just. Work kind of front of house there, but also instructing, doing classes and stuff. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that, and I've, I've gotten into that now. But yeah, I just gradually more and more with. We're, we're, I guess because we're, you know, I don't ever proclaim to be like super fit or strong, but um we're finding that as we get fitter and stronger, we enjoy it more, and so we've done a couple of the competitions like you were saying with that video Um, and we just really enjoy it. And Kate Kate is definitely doing more of it than I am, but we're signed. I'm signed up to another one in October now. Uh, Well, we're about to sign up. Um, So that, that would be fun. But yeah, I think it's just something that I've found I really enjoy and, and kind of felt the benefits then transfer over into my everyday life of just being sort of happier and feeling healthy. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's why it's sort of, it really
1: is amazing and it it can maybe sound arrogant, but I don't understand. And again, I don't have to, I don't have a physically demanding job. So I seek physical exhaustion. I think like Mm. if I was a construction worker, I doubt I would jog four or five miles Every other day, like I do, or want to lift weights and watch basketball, right? Because I've physically exerted myself. I have a hard time with people who don't understanding people who don't work out because I think just humans were created to, man. And I think you're Mm -hmm. missing out on some portion. You're not unlocking happiness and fulfillment that's in you. And I don't know if that sounds shallow, but I just think like biologically evolutionary like we were meant to be active. We were not meant to be like sedentary and pot bellied. And I feel yeah. like I don't see a lot of truly happy people who aren't active.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I can get that. Like, I think there must be a reason why we get that,
0: that high. boost
2: of, sort of serotonin after doing a workout. Um, to, maybe it's to like our body encouraging us to keep doing it. I don't know. But yeah, I get that. And I think it's got to a point now where I, I don't know if this is that maybe some people would say it's a bad thing, but I can't imagine stopping it now. It's yeah, kind yeah. of like the, the trains going, you know, yeah, like, it's a part I, of
1: your life, which I think it, it's yeah. the healthy way to be. It's just like, even myself on vacation, I went to Denver recently. Like I wanted to wake up, and go for a jog out there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's just enjoyable. I don't want to just get pissed drunk, eat a shit ton of bad food, and then yeah. be lazy for a week. Like I, I want to, not only are we hiking, but like I want to kind of keep that routine because it's just who I am.
2: I, I don't feel- a good feel... way as well of you seeing Denver then when you were there. like
1: Exactly, exactly. That's how I looked at it. I'm like, dude, it's just, it, it, it makes it feel normal and it's something you look forward to. I think that's a great place to get to with diet and with exercise is where mm. it's it, the train is rolling and you're actually happy to be on it versus fuck. I got to put in five miles today or I got yeah a hundred burpees like that. Mm. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know how people get to that point of hating working out or being active. Yeah. Sorry. I, I got lost in my own thoughts there, but that I, that's oh, a really yeah, good point worry. when people like, when you can actually enjoy and it's just
2: part of your lifestyle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. rock climbing so you're a rock climbing instructor
2: yeah so um where I work it's like only bouldering so bouldering is I don't know if you know it's rock climbing without ropes or a harness um, so okay. it will only ever be about four meters high so you're not like risking your life and there's like matting underneath you it's it's all pretty I mean people get injured but like it's usually pretty safe um, so it's kind of. I'm not great at actual rock climbing with the rope because I get knackered really quickly, quite tired. It's quite exhausting. Like the walls are super high. But with bouldering, it's kind of condensed down. So it might, the climb might only last uh, 10 seconds, maybe, or 30 mm-hmm. seconds. But you're having to do quite sort of powerful, big moves that are quite. Pulling uh on your body so it's, it's kind of a good all-round workout but equally i kind of don't do it quite as much for that more just because it's kind of fun and uh it's also sort of like a mental workout like you have to kind of figure out it's like a, you're looking at the pool and you're like well, where does my body go on there and how does my body move to there and then how do i get to the top um yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's cool. Do the
1: colors matter at all? See, I always thought like, oh, you just follow the green, like the green course is easy. If you go for the red, you're a medium.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, um, most places will have one, one color. So it's one, one route. So you'll have a route that they put up this all one color and then, you can only use those colors for your hands and for your feet okay. and you have to get from the start to the finish without touching any other colors or anything gotcha. um All right. and then there'll be a chart that will be like this color is v zero which is like the easiest and then the higher the number and matching color the harder it will be um so I, I mean i'm probably on on the pace i work's like chart of difficulty i'm probably just somewhere in the middle like Some people I work with are amazing Um, and it's really quite frustrating to see how easily they do something that I'm like busting my balls
1: off. Some of those rock climbers, man, are the fucking monkeys. We went to the zoo and we're noticing just how easy monkeys swing. And it's funny because their torsos, not only do they have the super long arms, but I was noticing how like V-shaped these monkeys were who are swingers. And it's Mm -hmm. just these pecs. And these forearms and the grip and trust. And when you see that in rock climbers, you're like, how do you dangle with one hand, no feet anywhere? And you just know you can do like half of a little pull up and you're going to create your momentum and then you're going to grab something else and then stop on a dime. It's, uh, it's angering because I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, me
2: too, man. Don't worry. We should climb together because we'd be the same. Well, at the
1: same time, like I don't put in any kind of work to get there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Some of these people are doing like crazy training, like hanging on like really tiny edges and stuff. And I'm the same as you. I'm wondering like why. Why can't I climb like right then, and that's well because I'm not doing all of that training exactly. stuff, I don't do fingertip push ups <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly has
1: it translated? do you um go like out and actually rock climb rock climb
2: in nature um we Katie and I went to uh Malta just on a holiday, and we were just chilling out there and we did a bit of scuba diving and we did climb out there with a rope and harness but my friends that I work with are really trying to get me to go out with them. And I will do it actually, um, where you just either rent or have your own crash pad. Uh, and then you go to these spots around There's tons and tons of them all over the UK and and around the world. And, uh, you just kind of set your crash pad up underneath where you're climbing and then try a route. And I had no idea, but it's like, like, online, you could find a place and then someone will have literally drawn exactly where your hands and feet go on this random boulder or this uh, random rock outside. And like, that's, that route's called the devil's nuts. <laughs> and then you're like, right, I'm going to climb the devil's nuts. Um, and yeah, it's, it's there's so many all over the place. So I will try that sometime. But it's, it's a lot harder than I think it will be.
1: What's a crash pad? Is it just like an air mattress for when you fall?
2: Pretty much. Yeah. It's kind of, um, I think it's like all foam. It's, it's not like a blow up one or anything, but you kind of fold it in half and carry it like a, a backpack and then unfold it lay it out. And, and you'll probably usually go in a group of you. So then maybe you'll each have one and you can lay out an actual, cause they're not that big. If yeah. Got when you said carrying
1: it, it, I'm like, dude, that's not very comforting. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Into. you've
2: got this tiny little <laughs> exactly. area to fall. Um, but yeah, you'll like lay them all out together. And then when you're climbing, your friend will kind of be spotting you. They'll be behind. Cause if you fall, they can not catch you, but help you to fall safely.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And are you like free? And I'm pretty unfamiliar with the different types of climbs. I know there's with and without harnesses. Mm-hmm. So are you doing this with or without harnesses?
2: So if you do bouldering, you're without a harness, and that could be outdoor or indoor. Um, and then you've got, I don't really know this the sort of terms for this too well, but there's like sport climbing, which I'm pretty sure if you do that indoor or outdoor, it's with a rope. But the rope is kind of just attached to the top. So then you're just climbing up and you'll have someone on the other end of the rope at the bottom Called, like belaying you uh, so they're yeah. making sure that there's almost full tension toward at the rope. So i've seen those races full.
1: man they're, they're wild like the oh, two the people are climbing, racing yeah. up yeah to like slap the button oh, or whatever
2: man. yeah it's unbelievable how quick they go i think that there, there's that's going to be in the olympics and maybe like regular bouldering might be in the olympics for the first time this year i, think. Oh, I didn't know that uh don't quote me on that but i think <laughs> i think so if not um, it should be
1: I mean, dude, it's, yeah, it's yeah. exciting. That speed climbing stuff is oh, man, Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And it, I think it's always the same route. So they can just practice it over and over again, I uh,
1: think. Oh, that explains it then. So it's yeah, um, like 100 meters.
2: Because, dude, they look yeah. like
1: zombies from World War Z. Just oh, dude, sprinting yeah. vertically. It's nuts. Touring
2: up the wall, yeah. Yeah. Do you yes, have any desire
1: yeah. to be that? That kind of like explosive thing? Or you like it more oh. mellow?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more chilled out with it. I, I I think I look at that and I'm like, my brain can't imagine you doing that, so we'll save it the time, Ross, and we'll, we'll leave it. Um, but yeah, there, there's kind of a kind of... There's like... If you're not doing the one where you've just got someone on the other end of the rope kind of looking after you, then you can do one where there is someone doing the same job, but with a lot less tension on the rope. And then actually, as you climb up, you take the rope and clip it onto carabiners that are hanging along the whole route. And uh, then, then if you fall, you fall from the last time you yeah. clipped on. Have so, you tried
1: that man? Cause that to me seems like so much trust of like a pre, if I'm looking at rock and then I'm supposed to trust that there's this spike that's deep enough in there to hold my weight on this yeah. metal clip. If were I to fall, like I, I can't, get there mentally where i accept it
2: yeah no well i i thought the same and i think that's why people get quite scared of it i've done that indoors but i think my my brain can cope with that a bit better it's like well that's been like completely (laughs) man-made to take my entire weight right whereas outdoors it i have the same sort of thought and also i'm pretty sure there's ones where i think it's called trad climbing like traditional climbing where actually you climb you take a bit of equipment from your harness you like plug it into a crack in the wall and like open it up oh. so that it sticks there and then you clip clip onto that so actually you're just clipping onto the equipment you've put in. And I will never, ever do that because I do not trust myself enough to, to make sure I put in equipment properly.
1: Yeah, dude. I can't, like, even just hang up some floating shelves and with yeah. there's no stud in a wall. <laughs> like, yeah. just the, I'm like, nope, that shelf, I, I've had them fall. I've had drywall pop open. I couldn't imagine trusting myself. Maybe that just means I'm not man enough. No,
2: I know I'm what you thinking. mean. Because I literally put, these two little hook things to hold the guitars but i didn't do it properly and i'm waiting for the day that they just fall off yeah you close the the
1: door too hard and all of a sudden everything crashes so imagine (laughs) that but you're like 300 feet in the air and you're like fuck man i knew i should have gone counterclockwise versus clockwise (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, like should have gone an inch over
2: yeah literally but there's like horror videos of like um people doing that kind of climbing and then one falls out and then they fall and then all of them start falling out as they're falling. And then luckily one of them will catch them, but they've fallen like, I don't know, 10, 20 meters or something, which is crazy. Yeah, man.
1: Oh God, no, I don't... I kind of want to see those videos, but at the same time, I I want to try. <laughs> yeah. In Delaware, we don't really have mountains, but going to Denver and just seeing the canyons and the crevices, man, I can understand how it would be like an addictive lifestyle to get yeah, into yeah. the rock climbing because it seemed... It seemed natural. It seemed spiritual, and it seemed thrilling. There's something about your, you could die, and putting your body in that position to just get that toughness, in you and bring it out, um, would be appealing to me.
2: Yeah, and I think like that, like thrill-seeking, like people just love it. And I think some people do like, I mean, you you may have seen on Netflix there was that like free solo. With Alex Honnold.
1: I, I've i only seen the... I didn't watch it. I've seen the, the one of the pictures of him, literally one hand just yeah, on yeah. a precipice. He's on like the bottom and it doesn't even make any sense how he's holding on over a ravine of nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that I think is just crazy. Like... Climbing for like three hours with no, I mean, it's, that is like life or death, but people just love that thrill. But I, I'm definitely not brave enough for any of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I still get nervous going on a ladder to like clean out gutters on the second floor. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: but at the same time, I want that thrill of like bouncing around. Yeah. I know. It's a weird thing. I think as I get older, I get worried about the injury and the injury yeah, yeah. stopping me from being able to enjoy running around, going to the beach, shit like that, that, uh, yeah. It's just old, man. I don't think I would have thought that way. If I'd have gotten into it when I was like 18, I'd have been all in.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I get it.
1: So then the fitness is your like nine to five right now as you're trying to pick up steam on the acting, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of, I was working, i worked other jobs that I've enjoyed in different ways, but uh, not, in, not actually worked in a place where the actual job makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, and it's just kind of like, I'm just doing it for for the money. I'm doing it to to pay my rent, doing it to pay bills, yeah. um, to stay in London, um, and this this is probably the first job where I've done jobs where like the job's not great, but the people are good, the the, uh, the team members are good, and that's nice. But this one actually, fine. I'm I'm quite happy to get up and go to work. I don't I don't I don't dread it. Um, great so nice I be. I found if you're you're trying something else whether it might be like you want to make a career in acting or singing or art or or even something sort of slightly more uh, or less performing less sort of creative but it's not you're not quite where you want to be right now I think as long as you're somewhere that you kind of enjoy being like it's a job so you know you're working for it yeah but like you can enjoy it, I think that's just just the way to be and to your life, right?
1: yeah, I, you'd said I hadn't thought about this either about um staying in London. Is mm-hmm. it I can help me understand, like is it New York City? I don't know if you've been to New York City, but like the type of cost and the challenge of staying in London is something I'd like to understand,
2: yeah, um, I haven't been to New York, but I have heard similar things. Uh, I' met a guy. Well, in um i guess we met in vietnam we at a hostel and he was from new york and the, the rent sounded absolutely crazy and uh, i mean you, you grew up in new york right
1: yeah well i was born there um but then moved to delaware when i was about 11 or 12 okay and yeah. the more i travel the more i realize how cheap it is to live in delaware it, it made me a little bit of a schmuck when I became a teacher and I had a salary and I'm like, I'm fucking gold, you know, yeah. like 45 grand a year. I'm like, what the fuck are these people complaining about? Yeah, you yeah. have everything. And then you travel <laughs> and you realize like groceries, gas, rent, taxes, y- your, your mind just starts getting blown about yeah, yeah. how do people like, would it be common if you're working in a gym to have a happy Life in London, or do you have to live in squalor? <laughs> you know, like that's um, what I'm trying to. Understand. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know what you mean. It's it's like uh, at my last job, i hear so many people be like, "Oh, do you want to come do this?" Like, "Oh, no, sorry, I don't have any money." Or and and they are sacrificing those things. I feel like it's unfair, I guess, me to say this because there are certain benefits to sharing rent with my girlfriend with a partner that like I've stayed in places where. I'm paying probably a fraction of what someone who's staying on their own would be paying. Um, but I think the flat, so at the moment I live only with Katie um, in just a one-bed flat in London. Um, like, not central central, a little bit further up. Uh, and for we think we've got an absolute bargain for where we are and what it is, but then we look at somewhere, cause like Katie's from Wales, I have family in Wales, we look at the rent somewhere there, and the what you could get for your money out there is just ridiculous. Um, but I find I think we kind of do, we're not like eating out at like lavish restaurants all the time and, and everything like that, but and we're very fortunate that because Katie works at a gym, we get free membership there, and I know gyms can be like super expensive as well. But like, I feel like we don't sacrifice too much to, to live in London at the minute anyway.
1: So if you wanted to go out and have a three course meal in a nice restaurant, right? So yeah. get a nice appetizer. You both get steaks, whatever. And then mm-hmm. you get a dessert, maybe split a bottle of wine between you. How many hours of gym salary working? How many hours <laughs> okay, good, do you good. need to actually leave the waiter a tip after eating? That's a good question. <laughs>
2: Um, I would say if we're talking like a nice restaurant three course like treating ourselves um, if I was paying the whole bill which we're usually pretty good at splitting it <laughs> which I'm very very grateful for <laughs> um, but if I was paying for all of it we're probably talking about oh I need to do math. I'm not very good at maths uh, let's say between – somewhere between 15 and 20 hours.
1: Holy shit. Yeah,
2: yeah. How
1: do you live in a city then? Like because I, I see people – yeah, man. That's – I am. I am. I'm, I'm such a fucking snob. I really have made it in life. This is when I knew I made it in life because I grew up kind of poor and now I'm like – as a teacher's salary, I'm like, yeah, dude, I could work three hours. I don't even have to work half a day and I can go and enjoy that. And maybe it's just yeah, a yeah. product of Delaware or like mm-hmm. the salary. But you can – easily forget that man that's not common and normal people just can't do that on a fucking tuesday night
2: yeah 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 exactly how do you survive (laughs) yeah it's it's tough because you know like we want to be able to enjoy those things but i think part of you kind of gets used to it and you you know what you can sort but then equally like we went to a restaurant uh that we had been told was really nice like the food is like amazing and we're like okay we'll go treat ourselves but actually that one only would have ended up being about eight hours so you know we're talking about half of that and and right. it felt still like we went out for a nice meal together yeah. it was a nice sort of date night so I think you can you can figure it out that, that the first sort of estimate is definitely like top top yeah. restaurant but uh, yeah you can figure things out and, and often with you can find like really good food and, and not pay that much for it anyway and a lot of the time like I mean, the main thing is probably how outraged English people get, British people in general, get about how much a pint of beer costs in a pub in London. Because in Wales, I'll go to the pub and I'll get three or four drinks and I'll take a tenner, £10 to the bar and I'll have a little bit of change sometimes. But in London, you maybe get two pints and you'll need more than a tenner it'll be about 12 12 pound maybe for two beers
1: what kind of beer so like for us in america we have this big microbrew thing popping off so there's your standard beers like budweiser coors light miller light yeah and then there's all these niche beers that like ipas or it's so much it's very artsy they'll be like we have essence of grapefruit with hints yeah, of vanilla yeah. and a little bit of honey, and it's twelve percent alcohol, and you get four ounces of it. Please give us nine dollars.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, so we have this like weird thing. spectrum.
1: So when you're talking about those pints, are you just talking about like the basic beer?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're talking like just a regular pint of lager, probably about like, and it could be like Budweiser or um, oh, like something like that. It could be about five or six pound in like a standard pub. Yeah, um, I don't know with the exchange rate, but I think that's probably about 8 Yeah, that's terrible. Like
1: that. we're, see, we're getting to the point now with the micro brews where the other beers, the micro brews are like 7 $8 a pint. That the other beers now, instead of like staying at $3 for a Miller Lite, they're kind of like etching up because that ceiling has been established yeah. with the micro brews, man. And it's kind of yeah, pissing yeah, yeah. me off, to be honest with yeah, you.
2: Yeah, oh, me too, man. And we have the same kind of thing with these like niche beers from like smaller brewers and there'll be like a pale ale or an IPA or a wheat beer or something. Uh, and some of these pubs will have like every single one of them on draft. Yeah. like, it's not just like a can it's on draft on the whole thing. But yeah, those can be edging for like seven pound, which I guess, yeah, is probably about eight or $9, something like that. Interesting. It's interesting
1: um, that like culturally that's happening over there too.
2: Yeah. 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 It's an, an interesting to hear you say that like, especially about those niche beers and it's the same kind of price as well. Like that's weird that it's kind of established across, across the pond.
1: Yeah. The, the hustle I love is you understood bars when they had to buy Miller light jacking up the price, right? Cause someone yeah. had to make it and then there's that whole middleman thing. But when you're making your own beer and you don't sell it for cheaper, there is no mm-hmm. middleman. You're paying, man. There's no distributor, so it's like yeah. doubling the profits. And I just look at them as greedy. But again, yeah, I'm not it's a
2: businessman. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're they're getting the benefits of a middleman without having the middleman.
2: I don't know. Mm. That's
1: a weird. Again, just how my numbers mind works. I get up.
2: But that, it's funny though because I complain about it all the time, but I'll still go to the pub and buy one.
1: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So Over I'm just, the six pack.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that. You're paying, I guess, for the setting. And they did invest. Business owners, yeah. I love you. All right. Um, Rod, <laughs> let me um, get you out of here on this. And uh, I'll try not to distract you. If you can start maybe thinking of a story that you'd like to share, I end the podcasts with this segment. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile.
2: My best first, as in like my first time, exactly. of something. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Um, okay, this is less a story, more like an experience, I guess. Awesome. Uh, please correct me if I'm if I've got the wrong end of the, the stick. <laughs> um, but the fir- I hadn't really been sort of traveling much, uh, and I was a really like. I see eater, I'd just eat like pizza as again, as you could probably tell from my uh, as a child, but uh just like pizza and like chip other things, and the first time I ever traveled outside of europe, um we went with Katie, me and her traveling around like Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Malaysia, and it. Collectively, was probably, like, the best experience of my entire life. Um, apart from, obviously, you can imagine a pale as a ghost fella wandering around these tropical uh, islands with the sun booming down on him. That creates a different challenge. But, um, yeah, just my first time trying different food, amazing food, like um stir-fries and noodle soups and uh making our own like vietnamese spring rolls um and just got to see so many amazing things and i guess to kind of apologize for putting a sort of spin on your on your ending um thing but i guess that entire trip was just filled with firsts for me it was my first time scuba diving um and again, just the whole thing, first time being outside of Europe. But I think, yeah, I always thought that I wouldn't need to sort of travel, but it was the best thing I've I've ever done. Um, got so much enjoyment out of it, and now I kind of eat whatever, whatever's put in front of me, which was uh, very. Good for my, my girlfriend because I think she probably would have broken up with me if I still just had like nuggets and McDonald's and <laughs> just
1: tenders. Like I just yeah, want yeah, tenders. Yeah. Is there a barbecue sauce? Then I'm good.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man.
1: Um, <laughs> why do you guys yeah. pick to go to um Asia? Or Southeast would it be Southeast Asia? Yeah, right? yeah,
2: Southeast. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I think K E had been to Thailand a year or so before and had an amazing time. And we just thought culturally it would be so different from what we used to. Um, let's just try and go and experience it. And we, you know, I think once or twice we stayed in a hotel, but most of the time we're just kind of bumming it around in, in hostels and uh, trying to get the best deal. And I almost just moved there because there was a guy in one of the hostels that he owned it and he was like, you know, so I don't know, for, for you, if if in a bar it's like, oh, it's happy hour. What does that mean to you? Is that just like cheaper drinks for one hour? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that's what I thought it was. But this guy runs in and <laughs> goes, happy hour, happy hour. And we, we were like, oh, like cool. How, how much is a beer? And he was like, he rolled in a keg of beer and he went, it's for free. And we were like, oh, for an hour? And he goes, no, until it's gone. And we were <laughs> like, this is the best place I've ever been in my entire life. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I think that, that trip in general was, was filled with, with firsts. So uh, yeah, that would be the story i go with.
1: It So is that common throughout Thailand? Happy hour just means a keg get rolled in? Or was that dude just like yeah. the lonely guy who's trying to like it was rape that, you yeah. after you're drunk?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. Um, that Yeah, that was... We didn't experience that anywhere else other than that was in the capital of Vietnam, uh, which is Hanoi. Okay. And that was there. But most places, it would be like just cheaper drinks as well. But for longer than an hour still, sometimes be like two or three hours. Right. Um, so it should be happy hours, I guess. But uh, it's catchier, isn't it? Happy hour. Yeah. So I get it. As like from a marketing perspective, I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so traveling you guys didn't have see i'm so a type i would want like itineraries of every day y'all were really Mm -hmm. just walking around
2: seeing what happened well we kind of knew a rough trail of where we'd go and we had booked i think at two points we had booked our flight from chiang mai in thailand to vietnam and later on down the line we had booked Um, Cambodia to Malaysia I think that's how we did it Um, so we knew we've got this many days to get through Vietnam and then Cambodia and then get there and we knew kind of where we wanted to go Um, but a lot of the time we were sort of maybe a few days or a week before just quickly look and fortunate enough have like an app that can show us hostels available in the area we're about to go and just book somewhere real quick um, so I'd say, yeah, again, we kind of found a balance of pre having in mind a little bit of what to do, but then also just kind of trying to go with the flow. If we really liked a place, we'd like to stay there a little bit longer. God.
1: how easy was it to navigate? I'm assuming you guys don't speak any of the native languages.
2: No, no. We tried to learn to, you know, we don't want to be too sort of ignorant tourists so we try to learn like thank you hello and, and that sort of thing um in in each place but yeah it was it was actually all right we found certain parts were used to a lot of tourists coming through so they they would speak a bit of english and and especially a couple of the islands we went to in thailand like they're so used to people coming from all over the world that um, we take for granted i think a lot of the time but we're very fortunate a lot of people would speak english there But um, there were a few places that were a bit more out in the middle of nowhere that was a little bit trickier and uh, certain stories of thinking we had booked like a sleeper train that was really quite comfy or whatever, but actually we ended up on a bus and there were people like sleeping on the floor and stuff and we were like this close to the ceiling. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Things didn't always go well, but uh, we kind of just took that as part of the experience and uh, tried to soak it up, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you guys felt safe just wandering about, going off, like, the beaten path?
2: A little bit, yeah. I I won't pretend that we uh, proper survivalists uh, went through forests and things like that, but, yeah, we... Well,
1: even just go into, like, a a town that's maybe not a... So, like, Hanoi, I've heard of Hanoi, put in small town... In Vietnam, I don't know, like, if I'm feeling safe walking around. I guess that's what I mean by off the beaten path. I wasn't thinking like rainforest jungles camping.
2: Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. I think there were a couple of places like in Vietnam that we had some strange experiences in. That we and a couple one time actually we were a little bit uh in some bad trouble where we were trying to get to this temple and it was really in the middle of nowhere and we'd also. Had a weird night's sleep where Katie had thought that our room was haunted because things were moving and that. But I think maybe she's a little bit tired, but
1: that was the happy um, hour.
2: Yeah, cut that bit out though, because she's <laughs> she's gonna kill me if she has I said that. Um, but yeah, the happy hour. Um but yeah, we we were kind of trying to get to this temple. We had gone the wrong way around and tried to cut through this weird alley. And then like this genuinely sounds fake because it sounds really like cinematic. But um, there was like a a pack of, uh, there's a lot of stray dogs out there, and there's like a pack of them came out in front of us and were really growling and barking at us. And we were like, oh shit, we're in trouble here. And we sort of started to kind of back away, but then they were moving towards us. And then out of nowhere, another stray dog like ran out and got in front of them between us (laughs) and like started barking back at them. And like we managed to back away and get away from it. And then that dog, that kind of helped us, followed us around for about an hour, and just stayed with us, and it was really cool. It was almost like having this little like, like spirit animal yeah, almost, really. like protecting us. Um, And then we had absolute heartbreak when a local told us we were on the wrong side of the temple, and they offered us to a motorbike ride to get round to the the right entrance, and then we took it but then we just drove off and we had to leave the dog just there and we were so (laughs) upset it was it was absolutely devastating we're just like driving off and the dogs just sat there watching us watching us go it was it was so sad you can you can tell from this uh chat we've had that i really love dogs yeah um, they've come up. up a couple of times no doubt dude that's
1: did you guys see it as a spiritual interjection this dog saving your life let's be super dramatic you were about to be mauled into pieces <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they were dire wolves attacking you
2: exactly yeah yeah and then you were
1: saved did you see yeah, spiritual it spiritual or did you just blow it off as like random
2: i don't know it I, I i don't normally buy into that kind of thing um but then i bought my from like a vendor later on that day um I did. I did never realize what my. I guess would it be like Chinese New Year animal? I think we've all got an animal for the year. Uh, we've won yeah, something right. like that. And uh, mine, I found out that day later on was a dog. So I was like, oh, that's kind of quite a funny little link. But yeah, I normally don't buy into that kind of thing. But part of me was like, oh, I kind of like to believe that he was our little spiritual savior. Um, did
1: you ever ask anyone around? Like, hey, is this common? Where I, I would think it could be common for a pack of hungry dogs. To maybe corner you maybe you're like where they sleep whatever but to be Mm. to have an advocate to have a a protector did you bring that up anywhere like in any of these bars or with people and they were like oh dude happens all the time
2: (laughs) yeah yeah no we didn't in that area i mean we to a few people we met later on in different towns we told the story but they were just the same like oh that's that's amazing that's so weird that that happened um, but we didn't ask any sort of locals or anything because we, we didn't feel confident enough in our it
1: language. It makes me wonder if the dog was like smart enough or had learned like, wow, if I protect you, actually now I'm wondering if all the dogs are in it together and it's like, yeah. they're, that's how they get food, right? Like they're like, all right, man, there's yeah. seven of us, Jim today, you're going to be the one who takes yeah. us off and, um, protects these people. And then they're going to feed you all day and you bring it back to our pack
2: that is so good i think that might be it then because right. we t- we genuinely did give that dog like water and, and some snacks and stuff so yeah, i think you you're onto something yeah. like i wonder but,
1: if that like cognitively could they do
2: that yeah i know that's really interesting maybe we need to we'll go on a track there and we'll investigate it and we'll take loads of disguises and go back as different people and see, see what happens. See if they
1: keep playing out the scenario. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're all method actors and like, yeah, like Yeah, literally. I'm really good at being the angry bad dog and the leader. <laughs> <Yeah. For laughs> us oh, cool. what was one of the weirder things you ate? You had talked about the food thing actually at the start. Did you do any of the weird bugs cuisine?
2: Almost. Yeah, there was um there was a guy trying to get us to have scorpions to eat scorpions, but and we were really close to doing it, for them. we didn't. But was, how do you
1: not do the scorpion? Like, when's the next time you're going to be there to eat a scorpion? I know,
2: I really did regret it in the end. I really did, but I think we we kind of convinced ourselves that he was going to charge us way more than we should pay for scorpions. But then at the time, now when I think at the time they say an amount and you think it's loads, but then when you put it into your own currency, you're like, oh well, that was only. Like one pound or something,
1: you know. Yeah, so like Um, forty thousand blank. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Um, but yeah, so I do regret that. But it was in Hanoi, actually, in Vietnam. We we'd met this group of people, and we were had quite a few drinks, and we were sat outside of a kind of restaurant. And I was sure one of the guys we had met was like, "Oh, I've ordered like chicken wings, kind of thing." And I was like, "Oh well, I have chicken wings, whatever." And then I took like a big bite out of this chicken wing and then Katie was like, oh, what, what, oh. and I, I had bitten, it was basically like a fried chick and I had bitten the, the head of the chick. And Like a literal uh, chick. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, <laughs> it was, when I, when I did it and then looked... I felt instantly sick. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I've just done that. So I guess if you're, if we speak kind of, again, to try and make it really dramatic, I guess I ate a chick's brain and that was maybe the weirdest thing. Um, But yeah, that I was definitely put off by the rest of what was in front of me on the plate after that.
1: So they literally fried a baby chicken and then they just serve it like you would a chicken. It had no form. Or... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it was uh, an accident or what, but it 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 definitely looked like that. But in general, I will say, especially in Vietnam, actually, the food was probably the the best I've ever eaten. The food in Vietnam was amazing. They have these amazing banh mi sandwiches that are just so tasty, um, and they do like pho bo. It's like a beef noodle soup. It's really, really good. Um, Yeah, so some of the food out there is just incredible. I think that that was very much we found. We had gone down some random street, and we were all a bit drunk. And when I had chicken wings after a few drinks, I was like, get in. Yes, a bit of uh, food from from home. Let's go. And, uh, yeah, it just didn't turn out Are they
1: saying that in English or in Vietnamese?
2: I I genuinely didn't even look at the menu. This this random guy was like, oh, I've just ordered it for, for everyone. I've just ordered, like, four rounds of it. So everyone just... Oh no,
1: but it. so yeah, I guess I'm wondering, like, does he say chicken wings, and in his head, like, there's lost in the translation, or does he just say, "Hey, I got
2: food." Well, I think it. I think it probably just said like fried chicken or something like that. Okay. Because often they have like they'll have it written in Vietnamese, and then underneath, like, a kind of translation loosely of what they're saying. Yeah, right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: and often the translations aren't like amazing. But yeah, I think it must have just said like fried chicken or something like that. And he's got oh yes, like a KFC, let's go. Yeah, right, exactly.
1: So <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I want to be very stereotypical and say, isn't England and that whole island over there like known for just having shit bland food? And that's why yep. you appreciate it. Am I, am I kind of wrong about the food? Because that's one thing that stopped me from wanting to go to like, my last name's O'Grady. Stop me from wanting to go to, like, Ireland. Everybody's like, oh, you're Sean Thomas O'Grady. You've got to travel. I'm like, I mean, it'd be cool to see the scenes, but what the fuck am I going to eat, man? I travel for food.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, I think you're pretty spot on. A lot of people try and convince themselves of, like, these amazing English cuisine dishes, but I really don't see it. I think any... When we go out to eat, I'm very... I don't think I've ever gone, let's go and get some English food. Like, we, we go to, like... I don't even know what English food is. I, I mean, we've got like, like a Sunday roast dinner and like everyone knows about like a, a, a full English fry up, uh, that kind of thing. There are like these things that I guess are associated as being English, like fish and chips and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Shepherd's um, pie maybe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So like homey foods like that. And I, I do enjoy, like if you've got like a family cooked shepherd's pie meal or something like that, or a roast dinner, it, it is really nice. Um, but I don't think it could even compare in any way to like Italian cuisine or Yeah, it doesn't or, seem
1: flavored, it seems like you're eating the experience of the family, yeah, which yeah. makes it fulfilling
2: yeah. more so. Exactly. And I think, you know, certain sort of pubs and, and high end sort of gastro pubs are trying to put a little twist on the roast dinner and make it a bit more kind of upper class in a way, especially in London. But yeah, I I, I do like that kind of homey food. But I would I would say you're absolutely bang on that. It's kind of could be considered pretty bland, especially in comparison to like some of the amazing food from I don't know like like Mexico or Spanish tapas or uh, or Italian or, or a lot of the Asian foods.
1: Yeah, um, the, the the flavor I don't understand. Like I, salt, pepper, garlic when I'm grilling a hamburger. So stereotypical American hamburger and French fries, hot dogs, whatever. Yeah, and steaks. I guess I I don't understand it makes me want to go to culinary school over there how they get the depth and like intensity of flavor Mm. in these foods do you remember what the chick tasted like did it just taste like
2: fried food or was it 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 just tastes like kind of a little bit sort of you know like charred crispiness (laughs) do you know i mean like it didn't really have it it definitely paled in comparison to like the the flavor of actual vietnamese food that we had over there Um, but yeah, funnily enough, um, I think three days after the first lockdown in, in the UK, we were supposed to, well, we were supposed to fly to Florida. Um, and I've never been to the States, always wanted to go, but, um, we were going to go to like Florida and then drive to New Orleans. And then I have actually always wanted to go up to like New York and things as well, but we weren't going to do that this time. But yeah, the first lockdown happened a few days before our flight was due, so we had to cancel, but um, I don't know if you could enlighten me, but I have this amazing image of, I know food across America is very different and every place has their sort of stamp and maybe a certain kind of food that they, they specialize in, but I really have this amazing idea of, of like classic American food that I was really excited for.
1: Barbecue? I don't know yeah, if what like, barbecue's like yeah. over there, but I think barbecue, if you're especially South and Midwest, would be the. You just go around and you judge barbecue.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would I'd be brisket and and that kind yeah,
1: of thing. Yeah, fucking ribs, chicken breast, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like the way people smoke it, the different charcoals and woods that mm. they can use, the different marinades, how long they marinate it for, um, and then the sauce creation. Barbecue sauce has almost turned into the same niche, like microbrew thing, where you're yeah. like, how do you have forty eight different types of sauces? And then you just sit there and you peel off chicken breasts and you have like a dipping platter, yeah. And you can just gorge yourself on beer and like really tasty barbecue. That sounds like heaven. And, then, yeah. and then then you nap right, like so you do that for lunch, yeah. then you nap, and then you go out and do whatever in the evening. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, shoot the shit out of a bar and just eat barbecue all day. Oh, that's
2: cool. Yeah. I'm definitely coming.
1: Yeah. I would, (laughs) I, and I think maybe like Texas, Texas and center. I don't know so much if like Florida, I guess new Orleans, I've never been, um, I've spoken to people who go and they say the food that it's, the city itself has a stench to it, like a stink, right? I guess because of the water levels and whatnot, but they said the food is amazing. there. um, Mm -mm. The seafood, like the Creole and jambalayas and things like that.
2: That's it. Yeah, I've heard about Yeah, we were really looking forward to trying that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've heard it's really Dumbo, good. Jumbo,
1: things like that in that area. Yeah. Um, weird stuff. I wonder, weirdest thing, gator? I haven't had, but if you're traveling oh, right. to Florida, I hear you can get gator kind of yeah. easily.
2: Okay, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye, because we're, we're definitely going to reschedule our trip. So I'll have a look and maybe I'll drop you a message if, uh, if
1: I try it. Yeah. Well, so if you're going, I, yeah, absolutely. because but see, it just pales in comparison to scorpion and chicks though. Like I don't know right, if yeah. America has like that cachet of even like grasshoppers, right? Yeah. You know, that kind of cool bug. I don't know if that's anywhere. Rhino, maybe you could probably find some off the beaten path where someone sells you some like old tiger or lion. Right in Texas, (laughs) just because they're crazy, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I hope you get to make that trip, man. First time in the States, that'd be, yeah, um, fingers crossed, that'd be interesting. Because culturally, it, I don't think it'd be as hard to navigate, but it's just so there's so much. I don't know, man. The sections of America are pretty cool culturally, yeah. The regions you get to experience so many different things,
2: yeah. No, I think it would definitely be because that was the trip we're going to do, but I definitely want to come back and do multiple trips to actually experience a bunch of different places in the states because i think from what it looks like it's like so different across the entire country so it'd be cool
1: yeah especially if you don't have kids i didn't i wasn't fortunate enough to be able to travel without kids and it's really enjoyable going places with my daughter um but if i had that like freedom early on where you can just say, Oh, I want to stay for a couple days and not have to worry about like another person's life. Like that other person can function on their own. My traveling, your traveling partner yeah, yeah, yeah. will be okay if they have scorpion. Um, right. Like that's, <laughs> that that's ideal. Yeah, man. I think you'll enjoy it. Thank you, man. All right. Well, Rod, thank you so much for coming on, letting people get to know you, um, for answering my message. Um, and good luck going forward with your acting and uh, rock climbing, man.
2: Oh, thank you. And honestly, I think this is such a cool idea. So thank you for, for dropping me a message and getting me on. It's been really cool. Sweet.
1: I appreciate the support, man. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you, man. Yeah, I'll keep uh, I'll keep in touch and uh, follow some more of the uh, podcast. I'll share it around and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Sweet.
0: Appreciate it. On the subject I like most, getting to know you. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, search him up. It's Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media. Give my man a follow, just for the fuck of it. Thanks to BetterHelp for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about by going to betterhelp.com getting, the number two, no, the letter U. And you, dear listeners, are going to get 10% off your first month. Remember, the link you're looking for is in the description. Thanks to Shady Rays for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Listeners, the promo code GETTING will get you 25% off your purchase at ShadyRays.com. That's promo code GETTING, G-E-T-T-I-N-G. And if you just want to give us some straight cash money, shout out Randy Moss, you can go to our Patreon and support the pod for as little as $2 a month if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. If you have not already, please friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Later.